All we are is dust in the wind, dude. Dust? Wind. Dude. Hello and welcome to the final Bushby and Thompson's Just an Adventure on PostWrestling.com. And I'm Martin Bushby and here with me is the main man himself, Mr. Andrew Thompson. Andrew, it's the last adventure. Going to miss doing these so much with you. I mean, we've got an array of former guests coming on to chat the world of wrestling. We're going to be praying this pretty loose. So let's see where it takes us, eh? We're, we're doing the whole can they coexist thing for this time. I got beef with Martin, man. I can't believe he's doing this. <laughs> but nah, and I, but, but nah, in all seriousness, though, it's been, it's been hella fun doing this. I know we will get into all the stuff later. But yes, we do have a excellent guest lineup uh, from people who have been on past shows. And our next guest, Martin, as you're going to introduce him, he was on that that NXT TakeOver show that we covered uh, from back, back from 2016 or 2017, I believe. He was, yeah. First up, he did join us on uh, all the way back in episode seven to chat uh, NXT TakeOver Dallas 2016. It's the yep. one and only Omar. Omar, thanks so much for joining us. I understand it's uh, really late uh, over there where you are. <laughs> it is pretty late, but, you know, at least I have a mic this time. And, yeah, I have a, a pretty decent mic, a $50 mic. But, you know, it's, I'm holding it down, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I think uh, money well spent there, uh, Andrew, for sure. Yeah, you sounded sounding really good and clear there. Um, I said you you, you said you sounded real sharp for us, Omar. Uh, we we glad to have you come on the show. But like, uh, talk talk to us about your your playoff post website, man. I know it's grown in a great way. I know you talked about the uh, the the viewership numbers have gone up in terms of like people that have been looking at the site. Um, so talk to us about that and, and you know how uh, like so, sort of sort of some of your goals as far as the uh, the site's future goes. So so. Pretty much, I mean, with the, I mean, I mean tw- I've started this uh, site since 2018. Well, if you include my days in Wrestling Amino, which I don't know if you've heard of that app, I used to like write a lot of blogs and stuff. So technically, I started my wrestling journey around 2016, but you know, I started my site in 2018. And I feel like ever since 2021 hit, I've been getting slowly getting the viewership that I wouldn't, that I would, that I'm pretty happy with. I mean, when you look at my January of last year, I had like, I had like one of the articles that I wrote about uh, top like tops uh, wrestling site you should uh, come come to to visit basically, and then and then within a few months I was on the podcast obviously, then you know SummerSlam hit that was a big number as well like we've I've hit like twice I've hit like the biggest viewership ever on b- both times the last year and even even uh, continuing to this year i mean i've I've appeared on i don't know if you're familiar with jay shell of um if you're familiar with her uh she, i was yeah. i appeared on her first adhd podcast which i'm pretty happy with shout out to her by the way she did a great documentary wrestling with whiteness which you should check out um mm-hmm. so and then 20 and once once that happened i think I think it was just you know it was just the the continuous momentum of growing and obviously I I've, I forgot to mention I started a podcast as well which kind of explains why my I sound pretty good on the mic uh, which <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Andrew was part of uh, was one of my guests obviously it's called best things about pro wrestling this month where I talk about some of the best things about pro wrestling that particular month uh, which speaking of which I'm there's a lot of notes about June because a lot of shit happened uh this month to say the least yeah. uh so yeah I mean 
I mean, the goals for this site, I mean, I don't know if I should say this right now. So I'm trying to email folks, you know, pre uh, for press invites. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, as far as like guests that I wanted to do, I wanted to bring Chris Van Vliet on the show at some point. Um, Jason Solomon of Solomon's so Sounds Off. That would be great, too. And hell, even on, on the post-wrestling family, I would love to have a waiting and John Pollock. That would be great, too. Um, so... I think that's one of the goals and I'm just trying to grow this site as, as I'm continuing on. And also, by the way, speaking of growth and stuff, speaking by podcast, I brought, um, started a TikTok. Uh, so I might put some clips, some, you know, some, you know, snippets of the podcast. So we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, it, it's a long, it's a lot. What, what I said was pretty long and what, I, but you know, I'm trying to grow the site. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I suppose the good thing about your site is it's a nice blend of sort of like news and up-to-date reviews, but also blending in with humor. Did you think that yeah. was important <laughs> when you were when you were setting up the site? You know, you really wanted your humor to shine through to make it something a bit different rather than a straight laced news website. Yeah, true. I mean, I've joked about this. I said me and uh, what's uh, Raj Giri of Wrestling. Inc. I've joked about this. We're like the only two non-white uh, white dudes that own a wrestling site i've made that joke before uh so i'm pretty proud of that mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah exactly you know that's i've always said one of the goals for this site i've said two c's that i want to put on my site one is comedy and the other one is credibility and credibility in the sense of my knowledge as a wrestling fan especially since i've became a fan around like the mid-2000s i think it's especially important for me to learn about the wrestling that happened in the past so that's constantly every single day for many, many years. I mean, a lot of 2000 WCW has been eating my brain. I've, I've slowly, my, I'm, I've been getting like a, to, I'm getting a brain right kind of brain, but you know, I, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty um, educational. I'm going to say that. Uh, but I think that's, that's one of the goals just to let the humor shine through. And while I'm not doing fight for numbers, while obviously I'm not doing obviously wrestling ink numbers at least um at least i'm growing like a small small enough fan base that i think eventually i will reach like maybe a niche kind of fan base i mean i'm not reaching zero to 100 i feel like i'm reaching for more like zero to like two zero to like three it's it's growing but it's not it's not growing a lot you know but yeah that's that's one of the that's one of my goals you know call me credibility the two c's you got you. I keep talking away at it, man. I think you're doing a great job. And, and one of the uh, Thanks, future man. things about your one of the th future things about your site is your five news week posts. Um, Omar compiles like uh, the five um, most important or or the, the ones that draw the most attention as far as headlines goes throughout the uh, throughout the yeah. week. Like when you when, when you're doing that, like what, what what in terms of criteria are, are you looking for as far as like the 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 sort of the stories and the articles that you put together in your uh, in your five news week. Obviously, I want to reach out some of the most minor news. Like I, I've said, this is like the fee of major minor news of the week. But I feel like as of like a two, two, three years ago, not two, three, a two years ago, I've been featuring more of the minor sites. I mean, the more the minor news that nobody has heard of, unless it's like I remember when 2020 hit and COVID obviously happened. Obviously, I had to talk about like the the wrestling implications that happened within you know the pandemic i mean technically we're still in a pandemic but also also one of my one of my favorite things i've done for the five news week was i get to talk about i get to debunk certain things so for example i remember 
uh, August of 2020. I don't know if you guys have heard this story, but apparently, like, there was a story that was broken. I believe it was Bodyslam.net, if I'm not mistaken. Shout out to Cassidy Haynes. So pretty much they were talking about AEW was not inviting certain journalists. You know, certain journalists couldn't invite an AEW <laughs> because they criticized the company or something. So I had to like kind of debunk it. Also, I had to reach out to one of the dudes that supposedly got banned. Oh, supposedly. Basically, they misquoted him. Uh, it was Jonathan Snowden, I believe. Oh, John, John Snow. I reached out to him. I was pretty surprised that he, I got a response from him. So that was like one of my favorite things, which I'm thinking of doing it as a separate thing, like debunking certain things. But you know, I might do that in the five news week just to make it different. And also, I think the other criteria is, I would say humor. Honestly, like reading all these five, all these news posts, I'm not like, I think what's missing from like the f- news, uh, the the news updates is like that that sense of tongue in cheek, which I'm trying to do it on my on my site, and and also like the other thing is I want to make it as short as possible, like just give you the main body of like what's happening in professional wrestling, and I think the other I think the other thing is if I get to if I get to make fun of Vince Russo and his shitty booking on my on my website, I would love to do that, and if I could do that on a five news week. Love to do that as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, oh, oh, mom, real quick. Speaking of Vince, what, what, what's, your, what's your take on this whole Vince McMahon investigation uh, situating him rotting around on, on Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown? I, I swear to God, I don't know why people are celebrating. I, there was this dude on Twitter. I'm forget, I'm not going to mention his name. But like, there was this dude on Twitter who was like dancing or whatever. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, but like he was like dancing, like, let's mm. go with the Sami Zayn theme song. I'm like, dude, Vince McMahon is still in charge of, like I said, the distraction finishes and the dumb baby face syndrome department. That's what he's in charge of. And then like the there was dumb. news. Co- and then there was news coming out that he was, that Bruce Br- uh, Pritchard was uh, the head of creator. I'm like, Oh my God. This, <laughs> wow. The same thing. It's literally the exact same thing, you know, like people were kind of happy with that. I mean, Stephanie McMahon is not the interim uh, um, CEO and chairman. I mean, come on. It's, it's same old stuff. I mean, I've always said this for years. WWE should really, and I mean, honest to God, I'm going to piss some wrestling fans off. Honestly, you shouldn't get like old school bookers. Honestly, you should get just a good old, not a good old, but just an honest to God showrunner, like a TV showrunner with actual television experience. Now, there will be some people saying that, oh, you need like continuity. They might, they might know how, they might not have a lot of knowledge in professional. I'm like, they have the continuity ma- um, uh, people, right? Like, cause they, they did um, a job posting for continuity um, uh, people like a few years ago. So they could do that. I've always said this for, so what, what do I see within the changes? Honestly, not much, uh, but I'm hoping, and this is weird that I'm hoping for a billion dollar company. I'm hoping that at some point, at least like the changes that would come with the creative team. Cause you know, the last thing I want to see is somebody getting distracted by music. Oh my God. I mean, I mean, I will get distracted if it's, you know, chief key for little mouse, but that's a different story. Chief, chief. But, uh, <laughs> but not, not with the, with, with the Vince thing, I, I think it just goes to show you how unserious that he's taking this whole situation. Like this yeah, is like yeah, literally yeah. the center, the center of an entire investigation. And the, the thing that he chooses to do is to go out and trot himself out in front of Monday night raw and, Friday night SmackDown and act like everything's all good. But I I think that's Vince's way of trying to show the world that, hey, 
I'm not running from this situation. I'm like, no, you ain't got to run from it. Your ass is getting investigated and WWE <laughs> is getting hit with all these different law, all these different law firms checking into the company, like literally seemingly like every other two days. So like, I, 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 I don't know who, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure ain't nobody wants to hear and tell him not to do that. But I, I, I think that he believes that by him doing that, it makes him look like he's not running from the situation. I'm like, no, you just like a dumbass, like, like you're like literally in the center of this investigation right now. And then of course, on top of that, uh, John Laurinaitis is on administrative leave and you slide Bruce Pritchard into a Tyler relation. So WWE got day with whatever the hell is going on there. But yeah, the missing man coming out on TV every week, they, somebody need to go ahead and get in his end, tell him to cut that shit out. Cause it's not, I, I, I don't, I don't know what purpose is serving, true, but, true. I mean, but I'm, well, well, I'm, I mean, I, I guess I understand what purpose is serving. Cause they, that would they, did they do like a good number on Friday for his, uh, Promoted mm. appearance and, and it was like always that, going to so. do a good number though, weren't number. it? That's probably what they were yeah. hoping for, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, probably, but most likely. Um, just quickly before you get out of here, Omar, um, what's have you seen much about this um promotion setting up in Dubai? I think they're running the second show sometime soon called WrestleFX DXB. Have you seen anything much about that? No, honestly, uh, unfortunately, since I'm a WWE shill and an AEW shill, kind of, <laughs> uh, I, I legit just don't know any independent promote. I mean, I know, obviously, like GCW and so on and so forth, but, but like, I'm so out of the loop sometimes. So like any, any, any recommendations, especially for my podcast, best things about pro wrestling this week, please hit that five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Anyways, so yeah, any nice, recommendation? Nice yeah, I mean, that is true. Uh, that was a great segue. <laughs> Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, any like um, independent wrestling shows that I would love to cover would be awesome because, you know, as a guy, as a I would call myself a very tiny, tiny, tiny content creator. I know what it feels like to be um, to be shouted out and be featured. Out man, so I give that stop downplaying yourself. Stop downplaying yourself, man. Enough of that. Come on, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, mean, I guess I guess I guess I guess, you know, I. I guess. But yeah. Um, so yeah, if I would return the same appreciation to like fellow wrestlers who are especially in the independent scene or in the independent wrestling promotion. I mean, obviously I live in the part of the world where wrestling pretty much doesn't exist, which is why like there a you lot go, of- WrestleFX DXB, mate. <laughs> Warehouse four in, in Dubai. Uh- <laughs> you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh so pretty much. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of Dubai, there was a uh, Dubai Pro Wrestling. They were uh, not only was um there was a tra- there was, not only was a promotion, but it was also a training facility. They opened like a f- I won't say a few years ago, like several years ago. So yeah, it is it is coming back slowly, but like for a while. Like, what I'm trying to say is like for a while, it's it's pretty much non-existent, mm-hmm. which is why like a lot of like kids in like Saudi Arabia and stuff they're so excited to watch WWE because it's like oh, it's you know wrestling live professional wrestling. But yeah, um pretty what i'm trying to say is if i get to f- cover all the all the um the re- wrestling especially like in my area in my quote-unquote neck of the woods which i do not understand what that means but i'll use that uh if i could do that that would be pretty cool that's all i'm trying to say excellent um omar it's been fantastic having you on it's been great it's been yeah. Man. yeah cheers man keep up the good work all the best with the site in the future and uh yeah, hopefully we'll we'll catch you sometime soon. Take it easy, man. Oh my, yeah, woo, woo, woo. let's get it. True, <laughs> was. I don't know what that was, but yeah, oh my. Thanks for coming on, bro. I appreciate you guys. And bye. Ooh.
Okay. Oh, Omar. So, so one last thing before you, uh, before you head out of here, man, we appreciate you coming on. Um, no problem. But I, I wanted, I, I wanted to ask you because John Pollock uh, from Post Wrestling, my own site, actually just tweeted this that he heard from a source that Triple H has said that he's back, and that that that's all that that that's all that was said or all that was relayed uh, in relation to him being at the PC. I was going to ask you, what, what do you think about the current NXT product? And with that information presented, I mean, of course, it's, it's very, um, very discreet. We don't know very much about what that means exactly. But uh, what, what do you think about the current NXT product and, you know, Triple H essentially telling uh, somebody in WWE that he's back in terms of being at the performance center? What do you think that means? First of all, I really appreciate that I'm, ge- I'm getting scooped. I'm getting the scoops <laughs> right now. Really appreciate that. Uh, th- that's awesome. I'm witnessing history as of as of <laughs> right now. Uh, second of all, as far as Triple H showing up, coming back, honestly, the only thing I could see, the only thing I would love to see Triple H in if, if, if he actually faces uh, AJ Styles, I think that would be awesome. Uh, that would be cool. As far as my product, uh, my thoughts on the NXT two point, there's a reason why I haven't covered that show in like six months. Uh, it's, I, I would say it's not for me, but I will give NXT 2.0 a lot of credit. They're trying to, they're doing multiple different things and seeing what sticks, be throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And I've always appreciated that aspect of NXT 2.0. But as a whole, you know, you know, we always we always talk about the good old days, you know. I wanna the good old days of NXT. I mean, technically it's 3.0, 2.0 is the triple H, you know, the 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 black and the black and gold brand the one point is the one with the cw music but that's the yeah um so the the nxt 2.0 as product as a whole is kind of hit or miss for me which is why like i stopped doing it uh stopped reviewing it but like i'm still catching up what's going on i do think carmelo hayes is a star i do uh, santos escobar and carmelo hayes especially i do see them doing a lot of great things in in the main roster especially um as far as uh as far as the the prod i mean the um, the aesthetics i'm i don't mind i don't mind it i mean it's kind of nxt color vomit edition i mean it's okay but i think as a whole nxt 2.0 is doing what it's what it's supposed to do it's just that, unfortunately, it's not for me. You know what I mean? Yep. Cheers again, Omar. Thank you so much. All the best. With Thank the you, man. And everything. Cheers, man. We'll, we'll, we'll catch you later. Thank See you, man. Later, dude. Thank you. Peace. Right, second up, and she joined us for episode 13 to talk PWG Black Hole Sun from 2014. It's uh, Chinyeri Okafor. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me, guys. What's up? How are you guys? We're good, it's thanks. Good. Not as good as it's you. Good. I saw, was it on your social media? I saw that you graduated a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yes, yes, I did. On the 11th of May, I, I got my BA in sports communication degree. So, yeah. Congratulations. That's what I'm talking about. Congratulations, sister. That's what I'm talking about. Black queen. There we go. Big moves. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we see you, but uh, Ch- Ch- right off the bat, I wanted to ask you uh, for, for your take about the whole Sasha Banks and Naomi situation that's going on right now. Of course, you know, there's been a number of reports about Sasha Banks' contractual status with WWE. But as far as, you know, as far as it's concerned, as far as we know for publicly, she's still under contract there. But what, what do you think about that whole situation, them walking out and WWE issuing that statement, trying to, you know, essentially 
for for lack of a better term, slander their names and their professionalism uh, in regards to you know cons- consistently calling them unprofessional on TV and stuff like that. And you know, and and also on the other side of that, Naomi and Sasha just they 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 haven't uh cho- they haven't chosen to comment on the situation yet. What's your whole take on 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 everything that's been going on for the past uh, several months or, or month and a half? You know, that entire situation has just been very, very confusing because I remember like initially when um, when the commentary team actually first announced it and, and, you know, they were talking about like how they walked out unprofessionally and all of that. We all thought it was a work because we like there's no way. <laughs> there's no way that this is true and I was also sat here and I was just thinking there's no way that they're going to actually talk about talent like that and they like not gonna they're just going to disclose that information you know mm-hmm. um so that was very frustrating to actually realize that hey this actually might be true um and I think what's more frustrating with the situation is actually the fact that like we've seen how like WWE handles other people you know and all of that we've seen how the, like clearly there's there's a certain way that certain people are getting treated, you know, like yeah. with Sasha Banks and Naomi, they were, they were getting treated like that. Meanwhile, WWE usually wants to do things behind closed doors and keep, you know, all prim and proper, but then they, they don't want to extend that to them. So that, that was just a very frustrating situation, but I think uh, Naomi and Sasha are handling it um, very professionally in terms of like, they're not even like, trying to come at the WWE or anything like that. But uh, I think that, like, if it is true that they were just, you know, trying to fight for better for the division and for the women, I think it's a good cause. And, yeah, it's just one of those things where I feel like wherever they land up, they're going to be, like, valuable, like, super valuable. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Can you see Sasha landing in AEW or do you think she'd take a break? I mean, it always looks like it's been a dream to wrestle in Japan and stuff like that. Do you think she'd sort of like work the indies or sort of like, could you see her taking a big money deal with AEW? I think eventually AEW would happen for her, right? But like, Mm. I think before that, because Sasha just likes exploring things and, you know, things like that, I feel like she's too hard for us to not have her on the indie circuit, you know? It's just one of those Mm. things where we just need to see her going up against any and everybody, basically, you know? Um, So, yeah, I think definitely AEW would be something that she she might eventually go for, but she might just first start on the indie circuit or she might actually have, like, a flexible contract with AEW. But, yeah, uh, I'm just very excited because, you know, it's Sasha Banks. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I, I can definitely see Sasha making a play. Uh, I, 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 either either way, I, I think that she is a very, very. I think she would be a very, very in demand person. Um, you know, if, if the time came when she was a free agent. But uh, I, I think that there is somebody in WWE who is. Uh, if, if if there is like some type of ongoing back and forth negotiations, I think there is someone in WWE who clearly knows like Sasha Banks's value and what she can do for a wrestling company or a wrestling promotion if she were to go there and just even so much as lend her name there. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see what's to come for the future uh, for Sasha Banks and, 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 and Naomi as well. But Shayira, I also wanted to ask you about, you know, I see you making plays at the ESPN boxing events, uh, doing the media stuff, getting write-ups on it and stuff like that. Talk to me about that content and, you know, how exciting it is to, to, to sort of be a part of that and, and have ESPN uh, spotlight boxing in Africa. Yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but basically I work for EFC 
as a, a social media manager, right? EFC is Africa's largest MMA promotion. So nice. I went to EFC. And what happened was that at the beginning of this year, we found out that ESPN had actually signed a, a, like a deal with EFC to actually have their events at our venue. So that's how like I started getting into it. And I was like, okay, cool. Because I am all about, you know, pushing combat sports of the African continent and uh, pushing stars from the African continent. So it's just one of those things where then it tied in with my media because then I was able to just be like, yo, can I get access? And I did. And it's just been, it's just been a really, really great time. Um, It's very interesting also because, you know, all my life, I've just always been about, you know, professional wrestling and MMA. And then now I'm starting to come into boxing and I'm like, oh, this is what boxing is about. So it's been really cool. And ESPN is really doing a great job here. You know, like ESPN Africa is just putting out banger after banger every month. You know that they're going to put on an amazing show. So it's just been really fun, man. It's just been really fun. Yeah, for sure. We, we, we proud of you, Junior. You're doing your thing. And before before we get out of here, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show, of course, for the last final episode, which me and Thompson. Yeah. But I did want to ask you uh, about your thoughts about this year's WrestleMania real quick. And also, I heard that somebody may be thinking about heading out for Mania in L.A. They could possibly consider it. Is that accurate? Or my sources? Oh. <laughs> so WrestleMania this year, right? Um, of course, my, my highlight moment <laughs> Like, what? who would I be if my highlight moment from WrestleMania wasn't Bianca Belair's entrance, her, 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 her stage presence, like, just her. <laughs> I just love Bianca. So, like, that entrance was just, it just stole the entire show for me. But um, I got jealous because I saw a lot of you folks actually out there <laughs> together. <laughs> like, you guys were all just mingling and having fun. And I was just like... So far, I'm all the way here in South Africa. So I was like, nah, I need to make a plan. And like, I feel like like a lot of you guys are going to be there again. And I don't want to miss out like twice in a row. So (laughs) that's why I'm like, I need to get my visa up ASAP. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Chris from LA will put you up. Um, he'll have a spare sofa or something that he, he can put you up on or something. But yeah, that'll be excellent. I'm I'm thinking ahead in there myself. Uh, Andrew, are you headed to LA next year? I'm thinking about it too. I got, I got to see, the, I got, I got to see what's going on out there as far as uh the actual WrestleMania event, but the independent shows d- definitely yeah. probably will be out there. That's where it's yeah. at, it definitely. Um, so just before we like get out of here, um, what are some things you want to share with people that you, you know, obviously Andrew noted a lot of things that you've been doing and stuff. Um, what are some things that uh, where people can check more of your uh, workout from? Um. Okay. So basically, guys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I work at EFC right now at present, but it's also one of those things where, you know, like I'm I'm covering a lot of the African combat scene. So mm. like I cover it on my MMA news as well as MMA soccer. And yeah, you know, just things like that. Um, I've been, I've been struggling with wrestling, no lie, because, oh, my word. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's very discouraging being a wrestling fan because we don't really get like oh, a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't really get like an off season where you get to miss the sport. So, but you know, I'm coming back into it and, you know, like wrestling, wrestling is life. So I, I'm looking forward to actually getting back into wrestling like full time. So yeah, guys, I'm really sad to see the show end like this also, because like, I was hoping that I'd come on as a guest one more time, but it's okay. See what you do. You see, you see what you did, Martin. <laughs> you see what you did, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm letting everybody down tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love we love you, Martin. We love you, bro. But Chen, you're a, uh, we we greatly appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, yeah, but we hope to see you out there in LA next year. Yeah, thank you guys for having me one last time. Love you sure. guys. Love you too, man. Look at that. You see, you see the love in the head, man. Look, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. But now, thank you again for coming on, Chen. Yeah. Thank you. Next up, she was on the fourth episode of the show to talk New Japan King of Pro Wrestling 2016. It's Sonal Lad. How are you, Sonal? Is it as boiling in Manchester as it is in Sheffield? Can I put out? People in the people in the north are not meant for this weather. It is boiling hot, and I feel like if it's hot up here down south, I don't know how I'd cope. Indeed, yeah, we are northern folk aren't meant for, northern English folk aren't meant for this weather. Yeah, completely agree. But yeah, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to come on for our last episode. Um, I mean, oh, thank you for having me. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna echo everyone. How could you leave with the last episode? Oh, Get I him. know, I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be just gonna be a two-hour guilt trip for me. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I say, like, like we said on uh, previous times, that we love Martin, man. We appreciate him. Uh, but, 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 so now, man, like you, you have an abundance of New Japan Pro Wrestling coverage. Uh, everybody should go check out our YouTube channel. So now it's life. Uh, I think she's pushing up on uh, nearly 1,600 subscribers. So I think we should get it to that point. So go subscribe to it. I think the link is in her Twitter bio, actually. But so now I did want to ask you, uh, literally, I, I think I, if I'm my time, my time not mistaken, I'm going to say yesterday or seven days ago, uh, Kushida made his return to New Japan Pro Wrestling and got uh, inserted back into the junior heavyweight division. It seems like it, it, it seems like a lot of people thought that he should be, you know, he should be bumped up to the heavyweight division. Uh, well, what's your thoughts about his return and, you know, him uh, looking like he's going back after um, uh, Taiji Shimori's IWGP junior title? So the funny thing is, so it's during the day in the UK. So I work from home and literally I think I'd just gone on my lunch and normally I wait until later in the evening to watch the entire show. And I went on Twitter and someone Kashida's back. And I went, right, work's going to have to take a break. Switched on New Japan World. And there he was. And I was like, wow. And you know, you said about this, I've been seeing it a lot. I don't understand New Japan fans' necessity for people to move up to the heavyweight division, if that <laughs> makes sense. Like, I feel like whenever somebody comes back or someone bolts up slightly instantly it's like they should go heavyweight whereas I think for people who watched it when Kushida left he left while Ishimori was champion so I feel like it's the perfect place to start his new step his Mm. new path in New Japan and I feel like yes he could bump up to heavyweight but I feel like maybe like guys like Desperado focus on juniors maybe go into that open weight division you know like the never title even King of, give him the King of Pro Wrestling title. That's elevated that title now. I mean, you fetched uh, El Desperado up there. Do you think he should have won the uh, best of Super Juniors? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm one of those people who the entire, probably for the last two years, I want Desperado to just get that signature win over Hiromu in like a big way. And I, I had hopes, like I watched the match and I was like, right, okay. Desperado was like in control for the first 10 minutes. I was like, damn it, Hiromu's going to win, isn't he? Second 10 minutes, Hiromu had the thing. I was like, they might do it. And I think, like, I was probably one of like many people who loved the match, but at the end just felt, yes, you understand you want Hiromu to get that historic moment, but someone give Despi a break. 
Yeah, for sure. Like I, I, I thought that was like the consensus on social media. People thought that El Desperado should, especially since uh, Hiromu versus uh, Taiji was the A Block final. So like people already saw the match already. So I think it, it was like one of those things. I saw it several times in the past. So yeah, I definitely think El Desperado probably should have been to uh to, to get that win. But uh, we we got Forbidden Door coming up this weekend. So now uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW presenting their joint show at the United Center in Chicago. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this overall card? I, I think it's like sort of split 50 50. I think a lot of people were, uh, a lot of people are excited for it. And I think some people are sort of like, eh, like it's not really what we expected the card to turn out. Like, what, what, what you think about it? So, people who follow me on social media will know I don't really watch AEW. I know it's like a shocking thing, but like, mm. apart from like when New Japan stars come on it, I won't really watch it. And so, really, like, I didn't really have any thoughts going into it. For me, it's exciting for the New Japan talent to get such a big platform because there'll be a lot of AEW fans who maybe know a few names, like the big American names, like the ones like Osprey, Jay, Okada and that. And by looking at the card, it's there are some great matches. Like if this Hangman versus Jay, like I, when I first started watching New Japan in 2018, it was like it was only a few months after where we had the Jay versus Hangman feud for the US title. So I loved that one so much. However, yeah, I understand with the card thing because it's like the very random tag match with Suzuki Pair of Jericho. I think, is that it in this one? Yes, uh, yeah. it's the, 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 the tag uh, Suzuki, Jericho, and Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Willa Yuta. I just feel like it's the most random pair, like, grouping ever. Like, I get, I sort of understand the whole verses, like, with Shota and Wheeler, like, two upcoming guys. I mean, not that I'm against it, but it does feel like some of the matches are just throwing combinations together that we wouldn't expect. But then, like, I'm not going to lie, it's probably going to be amazing, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I just hope it's nothing like, um, do you remember the Ring of Honor and New Japan show that they had a few years ago? Yeah. yeah. Where like all of the New Japan matches were great, but when it came to Ring of Honor, it just mm. wasn't up to standard. Yep. Matt Taven winning the belt in the main event, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not up to standard. I mean, what do you think? Obviously, the match I was also looking forward to that was rumoured for a while was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Daniel Bryan. And uh, Bryan's pretty much said, you know, he's not going to be making the show. Who, do you, who would you... I know he said he don't really watch AEW, but is there anyone you could see Zack facing off against? I feel like... So if we can't have a technical masterpiece between into the technical I feel like as odd as Zack Sabre Jr. thrives on people who are completely different to him so if you give him one of the very loud and charismatic wrestlers um like if for example Hangman wasn't thinking like semi in the main like you know with his storyline with Jay I'd have loved to have seen Zack versus Hangman Page because I mean it just brings me back to the whole storyline of when you know the moonsaulting off the balcony and obviously Hangman's known for his moonsault. And I just want Zack Sabre Jr. to go like, why is he moonsaulting? <laughs> yeah, certainly. Some of his promos are brilliant. And yeah, definitely him and Daniel Bryan would have been brilliant going on, going against each other in the ring and on the mic. So yeah, really good. That match is not happening. Yeah, that, that, that would have that would have been a nice match right there. I think everybody was kind of anticipating that one. But, uh, so now what, 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 you got any any predictions for the G1 this year? And what do you think about the, 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 the whole field and, and, and the blocks that got uh, recently announced? 
I'm really excited because it's I think it's the first time in like what I've seen since forever that it's been four blocks of seven and looking at each of the blocks there is someone strong in like every single one of them like my standout is obviously b block it's got jy tai chi and sonata i think are in that block so three of my favorites um i love the fact that you've got guys like finley and hanari finally making their debut mm. and i know people there are some of the wrestlers involved that people like why are they there they shouldn't they don't deserve to be there but I feel like there's a nice mix of top guys mid card guys lower card guys and yeah in each block there are like two or three people who could easily win or cause upsets so yeah I mean every year I say Jay White's gonna win and he never does so let's let's do it again this year Jay White's gonna win this year as champion that's that 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 she she predicted it, so you know what I'm gonna I'm a roll with so now because she's usually spot on with these things. So you know what we're gonna roll with Jay oh, White. Oh, Martin. don't That's what don't. We... I literally <laughs> every single time I've been on. I got so close to the best of Super Junior because I said I was gonna have El Fantasma and Yo in the final, and I think it was literally on the final two nights of competition that that went out the window. That's the closest I've ever got to actually sure. right. I say, but before before we wrap up, so now and we definitely appreciate you coming on uh, for, for for our final show, um, and we appreciate you coming on for the previous time that you came on. That was a fun review that we did, the King of Pro Wrestling show. Uh, we're we're seeing like a lot of uh, no pro wrestling Noah's bringing in like a lot of uh, foreign talent, a lot of time from overseas. Um, what if if New Japan were to bring over a, a couple more people outside of the people that we're seeing in the G one, like you know the Tom Lawler and the Jonas of the world? Like what, what what names would you like to see uh from you know from from other parts of the world to see come over to Japan? Maybe not even for a, a long tour, maybe just a one off uh, spot or, or a couple of spots here and there. Like which are some names that come to mind? That's a good thing. Well, so I'm obviously very excited because we've got Aussie Open in New Japan now, and I think yeah. Dougzilla would be amazing in the G1. Like he's charismatic, and he's not only like everyone assumes he's just a tag wrestler, but I feel like Dongzilla and anyone would be great there we go excellent son always a pleasure talking to you thank you so much for coming on where can people check out more of your stuff before uh before we let you go well you can follow me at wrestling underscore chat i have my youtube channel at sonal's life and i just want to say thank you for having me on this final episode i'm very sad i i know so many people will be but honestly like these shows are great and they will massively be missed Appreciate oh, it. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. Next up, someone who joined us on way, way back in episode three to talk Ring of Honor, Manhattan Mayhem 2 from 2007. Of course, it was PKROH. It had to be Benno. Probably sick of the sound of me. Two pods in a row, two pods in a week. Uh, Benno, how are you, mate? Oh, very well, mate. Never could be. Um, I'm just hoping you didn't hear my really bad imp- impression of you on Spotlight this week. Uh, but no, glad to be here. Hopefully I'm not in trouble. <laughs> hey, Benno, oh, yeah, we, Benno, he's not the to... worst one I've heard. Yeah, so, Benno, we're glad to have you on here, man. Uh, so it's always a pleasure. I can't believe it was that long ago we uh, we did that episode with uh, with Reg. You, like, yeah. I've still not met Reg. I, I feel like I saw him around when I was in Vegas. Like, uh-huh. after the, one of the AEW shows, Steph said to me, she thought maybe he was one of the people sat in front of us, but he was all masked up, so uh, we never got a chance to have a chat. But, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a great time way back. Hopefully we can, uh, we can do something like that again. 
And say for, first up, you know, we got to talk about this 24 hour strain that you and Martin doing. Please promote that. Uh, I, I know I'm going to be on it. I know Brother Nate's going to be on it. Uh, I know a bunch of other people you guys got lined up, man. 24 hours. That's quite the feat. Um, and I know you guys did something of similar vein last year. Um, how excited are you about the 24 hour stream, man? And, 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 you know, just having all the guests come on. Don't know if excited it's the right way, but scared, <laughs> terrified. Um, I'd be fine. It's just a regular 24 hours for me and man. I'm usually doing that many podcasts anyway. I don't go to bed at, at normal human times either. I appreciate that. The, the one thing I'm glad of, and I was a little bit worried, Martin's more of an early bird than me. And it is it is 12 till 12. I think I can manage that. Like, I think, uh, you know, I can, I'm usually up uh, into the early hours. So, you know, I can stretch a little bit more to 12. We would start at like 6 a.m. or something like that. Just just getting up to start would be a would be the problem for me, but no, I think it's uh, I think it's doable. We've got loads of uh, great guests uh, planned for it. It's uh, like for anyone, I'm sure everyone uh, listens to this knows. You know, July sixteenth, seventeenth is the uh, is the day for it. But yeah, you know, I think we were just you know last time as we were saying we did twelve hours and felt felt brave after those first twelve hours and thought we could uh, <laughs> we we could go longer. And we've uh, we've dared ourselves to go twenty four. So yeah, you could uh, anyone tuning in could get to experience what happens when uh, me and Martin do too, just too much podcasting, or if things go off the rails. And we, I don't think we've really thought about that. Have we, Martin? What would happen if like we both lost our voices or something, or we both lose the will to live? Do we have like a, a super will to live? Andrew, is Andrew <laughs> stepping in? What happens? Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. I'm going to have to tap into 18-year-old Martin when I was first training as a chef and I'd, I'd, I'd go to work, do like an all-day shift, then go out and then come, you know, go straight from the club to uh, the, do the breakfast shift in the morning. Yeah, so I'm going to have to uh, tap into that spirit of it. But um, I suppose... Yeah, on top of that, though, I mean, I mean, we don't really get chance to sort of like, you know, it's always like British wrestling, you know, uh, sadly, uh, but oh, I mean, we don't really get chance to chat outside of sort of stuff like that. And I, I always want to ask you, obviously, you know, we never quite had, you know, we had a decent sized audience on, on BWE, we never kind of had that sort of like passionate fan base like you guys have got on Grapple, so Patreon never really worked out. I'm saying, because when you guys stay up, I just think you've been going for a year now with the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, since well, year and a half now. Uh, be eighteen months, yeah, since it was last January and we uh, we kicked it off. Um, yeah, we're idiots, still going. Me and JP. Um, that's the problem. But if you were involved, Martin, you'd have talked some sense into being by now. Me and me and JP. I'm literally recording the podcast with JP in ten minutes. One by one here, like that's <laughs> that's kind of my life now. <laughs> so it's like say twenty four hour podcast isn't much of a stretch, but yeah, no, it great. seems to have been really um, successful. And yeah, obviously, massive congrats and everything on that. You know, really, for really. Sure. Please for, for for all you guys with the way it's been going for you. But in, in terms of like when you were starting it and stuff, were you did you ever like get trepidatious and think, oh God, what if we get like sort of like what's going to happen if we only get two subscribers or whatever? Or you know, are we doing the right tiers? Are there too many patrons or that? I'm I'm sure you have the same sort of like feelings yeah. about these sorts of things as I do. But yeah, I mean, I know it's going really well for you now. But um, what was the thought process behind sort of setting it up and how you're going to differentiate yourselves from sort of like other podcasts and things like that? I think you drummed that into me, to be honest. I think, like, early on, when I'd be like, oh, what are the numbers? What are the numbers? How's PWE doing? Things like that. And it'd be like, you know, be like, oh, you know, as long as as long as long somebody's listening, you know, you're doing something right, aren't you? You know, it's like, 
our podcasts, you know, all of our podcasts that we've ever done are pretty much started from scratch. So you've always got to be thankful, even if, you know, I mean, you've always drummed this into me, even if 10 people are listening, that's so cool. Just a it's 10 real people who are sat there listening to, you know, our stupid takes on British fashion or world wrestling or whatever. So we weren't so worried about the numbers, but we definitely, definitely looked at it and looked at like, I was, uh, I missed the spreadsheet. So I'm not, not as bad as Grapple Gareth, but I had like spreadsheets out kind of figuring out, okay, you know, from what I can tell, John and Way's audience looks like it's this number of numbers and the patreon looks like it's this so that would be this percentage i mean i could have just asked them i'm sure they would have told me but i went yeah <laughs> did the same with like voices of wrestling did the same with the uh the up next lads and other podcasts that you know up next lads are still like you know uh, bigger than you know ourselves but you know it's kind of within that ballpark of a similar kind of audience so use them as a bit of a guide pick davy and, uh, and Braden's brains and yeah i tried to work it out like that really and we kind of figured out it'd always be like 10 to seem like 10 to 20 percent of our our listenership would be likely to come over but it was still a risk and yeah we were dead lucky that when we did it you know we kind of blew the numbers we expected out of the water a little bit and it was a bit bit more than that it feels like maybe we've got a you know like a, like aw in the uk we were or wrestling fans in general in the UK, maybe a harder core makeup of uh, of fans on the on the grapple side, which was uh, which was relieving to know, really. And yeah, there's a it's one of them. Being JP aren't going to be uh, quitting our jobs anytime soon, but it was a it was a nice little just a it's a nice bonus each month, and it's a nice little kind of reward and a nice nice way to know that the interest is there and there are people who support us enough and willing to to back us enough that they'll uh, follow us on Patreon, but. The other thing I suppose I'd say now, I reckon John and Wade share this in the up next slides and say this. Patreon's actually not that good. Patreon doesn't actually tell you who's <laughs> listening. So none of these people might actually, all these people I think that, that are giving us money each month might not actually be listening to any of the content we're putting out. We actually don't know that. You don't get statistics. You don't get download numbers. But that's the thing I think I learned from John and Wade when they when they did their talk episodes. They were trying to say that, you know, you just, at the end of the day, I think, you know, you can, you can count beans and you can, you know, wonder who's listening to what. But I think a lot of the time, with a with a Patreon type thing, people just want to support you, and and that's mm. it. You know, it gives them an opportunity yeah. to say thanks and to be part of of something. And I think that's the biggest selling point, rather than the uh, the content. But still, not going to stop me and JP doing four podcasts a week. <laughs> yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant, mate. You've really built up such a like you know a sort of diehard audience. Will be there sort of every Monday night or Tuesday whenever you're recording Spotlight and stuff. So yeah, massive congrats. You know, it's been it's been brilliant seeing the success you guys have all had with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like I mean, it means a lot, really. And yeah, I think you know, count, count you guys as a part of that family. I think I, I think I, that's that's my proudest thing of podcasting that we've got like this group, haven't we? And even mm, self retiring yeah. podcasting, Martin, you know, the the likes of you know, Will and you know, Jamesy and you know, Gareth and JP and you know, all the lads of post John Way, Andrew and you know, Braden and Davey, everybody really, we're all kind of kind of fighting this uh, the same corner and you know anytime one anytime somebody needs a guest or anytime there's always uh it's always happening isn't it so no i think that's the coolest thing that we've we've all kind of i think built this uh this big wider community together and, and, and i think one of the cooler things about the the, the grapple app man is that that rating system that you guys have and i see that thing sort of like floating around on twitter for different uh different matches like here and there and i think that's i think that's really cool man like the, like whenever you see stuff like that like even if you see like somebody who you don't follow on twitter like you know yeah. throwing around like you guys is grabbing like is that is that one of those things that like one of those like fulfilling like inner things of course for you and jp to be like you know what like this this is like this is really working like the fact that your stuff is spreading and it's out there and it's you know you, you like i mentioned you seeing people that uh that you don't necessarily know like even still using a rating system and stuff like that i think that stuff is really cool uh what will say you 
yeah, it's cool to see it as part of like the uh, the overall discourse, like uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> un kind of like uncharacteristic for Gareth. Gareth did like a really soppy post on my birthday, thanking me for my help in uh, in launching the grapple app. But it, it's it's all Gareth. Like I, you know, Gareth came to me with like a you know the the idea of it. Yeah, I don't think he told anyone. I think I was one of the first person he ever told that he was building the app, and I'd only only just met him at a random progress show in uh, I think it was in, in Sheffield actually uh, where it was, and you know I, I thought it was a great idea, and since then was kind of you know, a supporter on the ground floor and even on Indy Corner, we kind of pushed it. And yeah, it was being part of it now. It, it does make you feel proud to see that, you know, people use it and, and that, you know, you just see it in the general discourse. Uh, unlike unlike Gareth, I, I am a, I'm a vanity searcher. I'll search the uh, the phrase grapple on Twitter. I think if he did, he'd probably be terrified because there's definitely uh, <laughs> you know, people who do. We are just, you know, we try to like brand ourselves grapple spotlight, but we're just the grapple podcast to most people. It's one and the same, you know, and uh, <laughs> some of the things we say does uh, maybe drag the uh, the grapple name through mud but also i think probably helps uh helps promoting you know that's the, probably the positive spin it keeps the, it gets the name out there gets people talking about grapple and stuff and yeah that kind of worked out as well in, in doing the podcast for it, it worked as like a, a synergy and as a and as a marketing thing and yeah hopefully it's become like just a, a thing people say you know i'm going to do a grapple rating it's kind of become part of like the inside uh wrestling lexicon mm. loads of room for it to grow but yeah it's uh it's looking really good at the minute no, but, but no, the first time I remember the first time I did a podcast with you, Martin and Jamesy, was the uh, when we did the the WWF UK Rampage show. That was the first oh, time yeah. we ever did a podcast together, and I remember that was like on a more serious note. That was like right after uh, George Floyd's passing, and I remember I was just like I, I did the podcast with uh, John Way and Nate, I believe. Um, I think that was I want to say after, uh, but like I, I appreciated y'all for like giving me that that space because like I, I I know I went like. A good 15 20 minutes but like i appreciated y'all for like sort of opening that opening that door and allowing me to get my thoughts out because it, 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 it can be difficult for me to like express it like through a tweet without typing like a full fucking essay just like yeah. when it comes to like serious topics or like when i'm on podcasts that's when i'm able to get all my thoughts out and express everything that i'm feeling and such and such and around that time of course having a lot of thoughts a lot of anger th angry thoughts and stuff like that as well but i was able to sort of get everything out that i wanted to say on that podcast that i uh that that maybe had slipped my mind when i did the podcast with uh with, with wade john and nate so yeah i, I just want to say i appreciated y'all because that was my first time that was like my first time like really talking to y'all like i we communicated through twitter but that was like our first full-length discussion and i just wanted to because that i think it was early on in the podcast too y'all sort of just let me you know what I'm saying? Do my thing and and let, and let me say everything I needed to say. So I just want to say I appreciated y'all for that. And that uh that that always stayed with me, bro. So yeah, I just want to tell both of y'all, you and Martin, and shout out to Jamesy too. So yeah, I, I just want to tell y'all thank y'all for that. I appreciated that when uh when all that went down. Oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah, it was like uh it was a, I remember at the time it was kind of like, Oh, do we even do you want to podcast about it? It's like the same it was the yeah. same, you know, around the time of speaking out, you know, do you want to podcast yep. about the stupid wrestling stuff? But you, you remind yourself, don't you, that we've got a platform there and you and you can use that platform for, for good. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that worked out. And yeah, I'm glad we uh we had you on, you know, but back then because it, it led to this show, didn't it? And it, you know, it led yeah. to us all doing more stuff <laughs> together as well. So no, great times, and yeah, that's a you know, a, a great memory for me as well. For sure, no, thank for you, sure. Andrew, obviously, for coming on and sharing. You know, I imagine it's, it's you know, you're in a difficult position. You know, and we were all sort of like, you know, looking to you to talk to this stuff, you know, and you did a brilliant job as well. So, yeah, thank you for uh, for sharing for sharing that with us. 
No, I love, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, but uh, having me on that show. But Ben, I did want to get your take on the uh, Forbidden Door show coming up. We had just finished talking with Sonal about it, and like it, it was. Kind of had two polar opposite opinions, I think. <laughs> no, but uh, like it, it was like people, like it, it was some people who, like I'm pretty sure Ben, you've seen some of the tweets. Some people are like sort of fifty fifty on it, and some people are like, okay, it's gonna be a great show, and then some people are like this cause like lackluster as hell. Like it's like I'm, I'm seeing like all three different opinions. Like, what, what's your take on the Forbidden Door card and, and the build to it? I mean, this feels like a trap because we're, we're four hours away from Dynamite, so I'm going to say it's... Yeah, 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 that's true. To- that's true. Tony Khan's going to turn around and he's going to announce like, <laughs> Okada versus Danielson and Punk's going to be healthy again. And Kenny Omega's going to come back and it's going to be the best looking card ever. I mean, I think it's absolutely fucking dire. <laughs> I'm not... Imp- I, I, I'm glad I haven't made the trip. Like, I was close to doing it, um, mm-hmm. but I kind of decided not to in the end, and I'm, I'm glad I haven't. Um, I think it's just come at a bad time. It's come at a time where I think AEW's booking has been particularly poor, particularly messy. There's too much going on in the shows, and Tony Khan very much needs an editor, in my opinion, and I think he's struggling mm-hmm. to kind of pull all these disparate parts together to pull off a coherent wrestling show right now, and then you land in a, an interpromotional pay-per-view to promote as well, and then you land in the Punk injury and the Bryan injury, and Kenny's a way and japan aren't sending you know some of their top guys we think at time of recording um, and it's just created the perfect storm really but i think you know i would i would say andrew with every bit of confidence you know me you steph and sp3 um did a, a draft show you know that this time last year we, we drafted our aw versus two japan cards and i think all our cards were strong i mean i still feel like man was the best but they were all good all four of them <laughs> But no matter no matter what, all four of those cards were a million times better than what we're getting in real life. And I know, you know, we can fantasy book and we can joke about, oh, could we do Sting versus Tanahashi and put, put together mm. wacky matches? But at the end of the day, this is it's like it's like in the nineties, booking a WF versus WCW card. It, it's about that. It's about dream matches. It's about big matches. And I don't think this yeah. has lived up to to what our dreams were. At any of our cards, really. So I think that kind of says everything about uh, where we are. Oh my god! I mean, Sting versus Tanahashi. I mean, take my money. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> Sting, Sting diving off a balcony onto Tanahashi on the table. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I would love that. That's it. But you know, like I say, real life's a bit different, and you got to deal with politics and real injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still don't think they've done a, a particularly good job. And yeah, I think we missed the trick. We should have. Uh, you know, that was when me and Steph were talking about doing that show. You know, you, Andrew, uh, and SB3 were were my first two suggestions. I think Steph independently mentioned both of you as, as well. That's cool. Like, that's, a, that's a great memory for me, as like far as podcasting goes. But you know, maybe we should get back together and we should show Tony Khan how it's done. <laughs> for sure like, we, we definitely gotta do that man but you know we <laughs> we appreciate you coming on man it was great talking to you as always man and uh it's always a good time talking to you and again for that podcast we did back in 2020 the UN Martin, i appreciate you both man always got love for y'all for that oh, thank you man and yeah i've always loved this show as like a it's always felt like a you know the the brother or the sister show to uh to bwa <laughs> you know on the feed they kind of uh ex- exist together on this uh on this feed so it's sad to see this one go as well but yeah be proud of the uh the episodes you guys have done and yeah i'm sure we'll uh we'll all be recording again soon together indeed we will cheers benno grapple spotlight and um yeah any any other plugs you want to get before you uh head over to jp nope that's it grapple spotlight grapple uh wherever apps are sold wherever podcasts are sold yeah grapple no e search that everywhere don't follow me on twitter i'm a miserable guest (laughs) 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 cheers mate Peace. And next up, cheers to Benno for joining us. But next up, 
um, someone who joined us for episode six of the show to talk the WWE documentary on Eddie Guerrero. It's our man, your man, everyone's Ooh. man, Mr. Neil Flanagan. I'm glad you're cheering him now rather than booing him, Andrew. I know you guys nah. had a bit of beef um, a while back. Man, let me, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm only doing that to, 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 to be, what was the word? Diplomatic, I guess. I'm trying to be nice to everybody <laughs> that comes on the show. You know what, man? But you, but you know, since you brought it up, Neil did turn his back on me, but you know what? Bagons are bagons. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to drop it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it go, Martin. But you know what, Neil? Now, nah, for in all seriousness, bro, we glad to have you on the show. We appreciate you come, uh, taking the time to come do this with us. I'm really delighted to be asked, uh, Andrew and uh, Martin. And uh, yeah, um, I mean, Andrew and I have been at each other's throats for months. <laughs> so this this is a big deal, you know, that the two of us can come together and uh, make peace after the uh, after the debacle of the uh, of the of the <laughs> up next rumble, which in, in my memory, none of the three of us did very well. <laughs> so yeah, in we, fairness. We, we, I'm about to say we we all got to boot early as hell in that in that uh, next rumble. We did. I mean, for for uh, for Martin and I, it was it was pretty late, or it was going to you know it was uh, getting on for quite late at night. And in my memory, Martin, um, you uh, were asked about who was the winner of the second Royal Rumble, and I think mm. you gave the answer for the first one, which is like very unlike you, you know. So I thought, hey, Martin is a uh, Martin's tired tonight, you know, because... <laughs> and also, uh, I think that question had been asked about two questions prior and I wasn't paying attention because we were all on the call, weren't we? And I think I was like daydreaming or whatever. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it was Axel Jim Duggan. Then he was like, no, someone literally just answered that, Martin. I was like, oh, did they? Yeah, Big John Studden. He was like, yeah, it's just Big John Studden. You're out anyway. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah, right. I was, I was definitely daydreaming on that one. But yeah, I always uh, love doing those games with uh, with Braden and David. They're always a good time. But uh, we were really, really sad uh, not to see you in, in Leeds, uh, Neil, because obviously you had bought a ticket and everything. But then uh, then COVID hit, didn't it? So yeah, the big make it over to Leeds. I got got at last by by the big COVID, which I had not uh, I'd avoided the entire time, and of course it had to hit me that week. Um, I think it was the Wednesday um, that I got the positive test, and uh, you know just went into kind of panic mode and just cancelled my uh, uh, hotel and needs and stuff. I thought, well, there's mm. no way I'm going to be um, I'm going to be clear by the time I and I was going to be traveling on the Saturday and staying the night. So yeah, I just had to unfortunately uh cancel and uh it's, it's a pity because uh it sounded like a great time for everybody who was there the famous davy being woken up by jp uh incident and getting, getting yep. punched in the face for his, for his <laughs> troubles and uh uh our mutual friend uh chris elliott was there and uh i know that he had a terrific time and spoke very highly of the of it so you know Maybe something like that will happen again, you know, like some sort of get together, uh, whether it's uh, whether there's a podcast involved or not. You know, I would definitely um, I definitely make my way over. Hey, hey Neil, did you did you hear about the initial plans of, of what was going to happen on that show? Had you came? I did. I think it was going to be. Uh, it was going to be Chris and I. And, no, no. Uh, no, no, I, I, I was going, I was going to uh, send in the video and I was going to act like I was about to uh, come, come out from like near the door or something like that. I was going to send it like, a, <laughs> a, 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 I, 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 I was going to send a video to Martin or Davey and it was going to be like promoting our little uh, up next game rivalry. And I was going to say something like, 
like look look at the back door or something like that, like act as if I was about to show up or something like that, just, just to be funny. I said that that that, that was the plan. It, it, I, I I wish we could have did that, but that would have. Been oh, bad. that's it. That's a shame. That makes I didn't know that, and it makes it even worse now. You know, <laughs> but um, I know that you had been threatening. Like I mean, and at the time you were in Dallas, I think. So <laughs> uh, nah, but, I was. Uh, you were sending messages to me said it, saying that uh, yeah, watch your back. You know, you, you would. <laughs> I was prepared to be put into the TAS mission by by Andrew unexpectedly. It could still happen someday, you know. But I'm glad we've made peace, Andrew. It's been weighing very heavily on me for months now. You know, the uh, the, the Rumble elimination. You know, but uh, hey, 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 Martin, Martin, did you hear how he just had to add in the Rumble elimination part? You see how he had to add in. <laughs> you say you say Neil's sneaky as shit. He know me. Don't he chat like he nice. He know me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but but neil man you you've been on the uh i know you were on the episode of the postmarks uh recently on, and on the wellness policy with waiting and jordan goodman what, what does it mean to you to be a part of the post wrestling community man oh it's huge it's absolutely huge because uh my fandom goes back to pre the post wrestling era you know uh, when the law was still around not back as far as some um there are some sort of ogs around like jesse from the six and uh Ahmad Bot and um, Hacksaw Jim. And, you know, there's, there's there's these people that, you know, whose names I heard who've been around listening to the guys um, for so long. But since post, I think the community's grown um, by leaps and bounds. And, uh, you know, I, I took the decision to sort of step out from the, as a, as a bit of a lurker and start making some um, calls into what was then the, um, the cafe hangout and um, when I could, you know, stay up on a Friday as well for Rewind to Smackdown. And it's just been brilliant to get to also know um, some of the guys off off of the shows as well. So I, I, I genuinely can say, you know, I've made some, made some good friends um, through the whole post community. And it's, that's been the biggest uh, joy of all, you know, because it's, it's as a fan base, and you know that goes for this show as much as all every other one that uh, goes under their banner. Uh, the fan base is terrific, you know, because you know what you, yeah. we all know what the internet wrestling fan community can be like. You don't. You only have to look at Reddit or some other um, uh, message boards and so on to see how toxic it can all be. And I think that uh, the it's that's different. About that's a that's a real mark of difference with the the post fans. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. um, you've become like sort of like a semi-regular on the wellness policy now, haven't you? Sort of like Wayne Jordan, and you've been on a, a a few episodes of them guys now. In terms of like you know people who might not have listened to that before, how does it different? You know, differentiate from other post wrestling shows? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very much got its own niche. Um, it's it's aimed at the same audience as most of the the rest of the. Uh, post-wrestling output but of course it's a very different um, subject matter it's really about wellness uh, mental health um, strategies um, and just you name it anything that plays into that world you know and uh, there's um, usually a a hardcore little audience that will uh, tune in live each month and you know stick their hand up and and uh, tell their stories about whatever topic it happens to be um and i think 
the fact that uh, Jordan Goodman is an absolute asset to the community because yeah. this is a guy who's uniquely qualified for this show. Uh, he worked for Ring of Honor in, mm-hmm. during its most successful period, which was the the uh, you know it, which encompassed the Madison Square Garden show with um, uh, with the New Japan talent and uh, yeah. So he's got the wrestling uh, bit, <laughs> and he's also a licensed psychotherapist um, and a musician. So he's he's uh, he's a great guy as well. I've come to know him pretty well. Uh, can count him as a friend, but uh, he's the real asset for that show because uh, he can cover all the bases and and uh, way holds down the ship. You know, you can't get a better presenter than him. So whenever I get to to take part it's it's a it's an absolute pleasure because it's an it's an area of life you know self-improvement and so on that i am quite into and uh yeah wellness policy is is i'm a i'm a big mark for that show as well as uh an occasional contributor yeah, yeah saying, it's a fantastic uh, show yeah it, it definitely is man and neil before we wrap up man I, I know you were a guest like like uh like Martin just said recently on the most recent show of, of the wellness policy. And I think you guys had the out of the ring director, Ryan Levy on the show to talk about, you know, the history and progression of the LGBTQIA plus community, man. Uh, and, and Neil, I, I didn't know, actually, I saw this from your tweet that you were openly out, man. So, so talk about the, like the sort of progression that you've seen uh, throughout the world. I know you, you know, still got your few dumbasses out there, man, who, who live in the <laughs> past and, and can't, can't, can't accept anything that, you know, anything that's unlike their view of the world, but man, talk about some of the progression you've seen and, and how the, uh, you know, the community and, and the post community as well has embraced you, man. And, and, you know, openly accepted everything, uh, but, but yeah, of course, I'll also speak about the, you know, dealing with other people who, you know, may not be as accepting and stuff like that. Cause I know that can be a task as well. Well, like, I mean, I'll not, I'll keep, I'll try to keep it fairly brief, but I mean, the the headline there is that uh, the the post community couldn't be any better. You know, I've never ever encountered whether it's in the Discord or in the post forum or Twitter or any channel where I know there are people who may have heard the shows or may have come across a phone call or a um, a contribution from myself who've been negative on that on that score. Not at all. Quite the opposite. People are are uh, very supportive. Um, on a personal level, like, I mean, Northern Ireland, uh, which is where I'm from, is, mm. was not always the most progressive um, society to, to live in um, as, a, as a gay guy. Um, de- uh, like, just a very quick story. Uh, decriminalization, and I, don't, I know this is supposed to be a very light uh, show mm, no, you to, you know, but I'll go. I'll go ahead with this very quickly. Decriminalisation of homosexuality happened in Great Britain way back in 1967, and there was a whole season of TV shows um, in 2007 to mark the anniversary of that, and so on. It didn't happen in Northern Ireland until the 1980s, and even then, it was because of uh, a human rights court made it happen. And um, so, you know, I was. Being in my 40s, I was born into that society. And some of those attitudes linger, you know. Um, mm. But, you know, that. so growing up, yes, there was certainly a bit of um, homophobia around. These days, um, I think, particularly for for uh, gay men, um, I mean, the people I'm back, you choose your friends, of course, and and, and some, yeah. and you can't, you can't choose your family yeah. and some, 
there are still some people who have a hard time, particularly ultra religious parents or or that type of thing, um, mm. uh, might encounter issues. I like in my adult life has been I've got nothing to complain about, you know, and I definitely wouldn't want to put myself into a bracket where people are encountering, for example, um, racism on a day to day basis, you know, uh, being pulled over by police for no reason other than color of your skin. Things like that don't happen to me uh, because I'm gay. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want to equate um things that don't belong, don't really deserve to be equated um and in wrestling um it things have gotten a lot better um particularly in the in the in the other promotions that <laughs> that aren't wwe where it's like you know they're just um, the same as they've always been they're not outwardly homophobic but they they just they balls everything up at any time they try from billy and chuck right through to today um uh, they have Liv Morgan be a lesbian for one week or something not that long ago. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, so it's, uh, but you know what we've come to expect from that from that uh, company because it's just oh, run yeah. by a bunch of old men. But I, I, I'm conscious, I've, uh, I've brought the mood into a very serious place where this is a celebration of the... Of no, the no, we appreciate no, no, you, you fine, you, you, yeah. you fine, fine, bro. Yeah, you good. I'm good. Thanks, Thanks guys. Um and I should say that like this is one of my favorite shows that uh and I, I really will miss it. Um, you know, you got up to past the 20 episodes and for a monthly show, I mean you've had a very good run. I was very, very privileged and a bit surprised to be asked to go on it. And um learned quite a bit, you know, even though the documentary we did uh was a WWE uh, produced one and they can be a bit glossing over and put facts in a different order to suit their own narrative. The um, cheating death, stealing life one was, didn't really gloss over uh, too much of the bad stuff, if you like, from um, Eddie's uh, life. And it was a, also an interesting watch because it came out so close to his death as well. And of course, it had that uh, disc of of extras with some f- fantastic matches. So it actually took me into a realm of like wanting to go back and see more of what he had done with Art Bar and um, WCW era Eddie and so on. So it, it was terrific, and uh, I'm sure I made some because uh, this is this is where this goes back to the uh, up next rumble. I'm sure I made some factual errors when we were talking about it because that's what I do. Uh, my <laughs> My my grasp of the minutia and, and and factual stuff is 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 nothing like yours, Martin. You'll be um, not only in the BWE, but on on this show, uh, you'll be very much missed for just the uh, walking encyclopedia that you are of, of wrestling knowledge. Ah, oh, thanks, mate. Uh, it's uh, it's something else. You know, you've been called the English uh, John Pollock a few times, and I'm sure uh, you know. You're 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 not the you're not the British or English anything else. You're you're Martin Bushby, but uh, that's that's still a I think you would take it as a compliment. Oh, thank you, Neil. That means so much. Yeah, we had a yeah. Obviously, we were going to invite you on. Yeah, it was brilliant having you on. You know, I think you've been a great member of the post community, and long may that continue. But yeah, thank you so much for uh, 
for coming on and speaking with us and, you know, being so open and honest with us. Really, really appreciate it, Neil. And I uh, always look forward to the Christmas show and, you know, doing your uh, dulcet tones uh, open up on, on Christmas Eve or whenever the post show is released. But thank you so much for coming on with us, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks again, guys. I'm looking forward to the marathon as well. Later oh, in yeah. <laughs> I don't think I am at this point. Yeah, I think uh, Wade, Wade's put me off at this point. Yeah, <laughs> 24 hours. Yeah, but... Anyway, Neil, we'll let you get off, mate. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Cheerio. Next up, he joined us with Benno for the Manhattan Mayhem 2 review. It's Righteous Reg, and right off the bat, since since that couple of years ago, I think we recorded that podcast, your career's just gone from success to success. I mean, (laughs) you must be really pleased with how it's gone in the past couple of years for you. I mean, you seem to be everywhere at the minute doing all sorts of things. Yeah, you know, it's a super busy time. Uh, there's podcasts every week. My life has now become podcast since that <laughs> podcast. Uh, so I'm appreciative. Now, it's been really great. You know, there's Grab City podcast every Saturday on Fightful Network. There's um, I'm working super hard right now on the PWI 500. So my life is just pro wrestlers. I've looked at about 5,000 this week. So, um, yeah, it's a busy, super busy time. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's been, you guys had a great run, a lot of fun things. I'm happy to be back here. Hey, Rich, now we appreciate you, man. Rich, me and you go back a long time, bro. I first met you, uh, in, in Las Vegas in 2019. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm very, very, very happy, man, to see all the good things that you accomplished, man. And you definitely deserve it, bro. 100% definitely deserve it. Uh, but, but Martin, I actually wanted to ask you this, man. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to get it uh, to see AW double or nothing, man. But it's just, some somebody in in this uh, in in our well, this just chat right now, so somebody one of us uh, made the theme song for former UFC fighter, current bare knuckle boxer, and newly signed AEW talent Paige Van Zandt. I just want you to take a guess of who made that song, Bart. That's all I want. <laughs> anyway, a, little, a little birdie fighter told me he's on this call with us right now. <laughs> yes, yes. I think it is me. I did do that. Yes, Paige Van Zandt theme song. I was in the building to witness it live for the first time. And it's like some, like a moment, a top five ever moment, something I've like worked my entire life for essentially like i've always wanted to have a theme song i had a theme song play for a super famous wrestler who debuted on a pay-per-view aew like all the elements it was it was amazing like i can't believe all the crazy things that have been happening recently honestly how did that all come about then obviously you know a massive you know congrats to you on that it was absolutely brilliant sure. but how did it how did it all come about like recording the theme tune and everything yeah, I guess uh, what happened is was uh, in February, we worked on, well, before February, we started working on this project. And in February, we put out this project, AEW, Who We Are, which was a Black History Month album focusing on different wrestlers in AEW. Um, I did the I did two songs on that album, one for uh, Insanely Talented. Everybody knows she's on her way. She's the rise, one of the biggest superstars out right now, Jade Cargill. And the second one was for my friend, my buddy, my pal, he's a giant. He's spine busters people all the time through the mat powerhouse hob. So yeah, that was an honor to be able to do that. Uh, we got a lot of good traction off that. I just think off of the goodwill of the, that album, what came about from that, uh, Mikey Ruckus, uh, music supervisor at AEW said that he was going to keep me in mind for a future project. So very cool. this happened so quickly. Like he hit me on Sunday night and was like, Hey, here's the plan. Uh, got 
Paige Van Sant coming in. Like, I need it back quick. Like, I need it back tomorrow, essentially. So I, like, wrote, 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 wrote so hard and did, like, 500 takes of raps on it. But I finally got it right, sent it off. They liked it, and it was great. So, yeah, I think just, you know, piggybacking off of the AEW Who We Are album, which people can go and get. You can still get a physical copy of it, or you can now down or listen to it on any streaming platform you have, so. Yeah, and of course, Rich, uh, um, like, like Martin mentioned at the top, and like, and like you said, man, you are one-third of the Grab City podcast with Phil Lindsay and Will Washington. Uh, how cool has it had this journey been, man, so far, man? Like, you guys have done a tremendous amount of things, man, and you guys have had uh, like just, a, just a great chemistry between you two. I know you guys recently just conducted an interview with AEW's Red Velvet that you guys can go check out on the Fight for YouTube yes. channel. It's great, great, great interview. Highly recommended. But uh, how excited are you guys overall for the future, man? Uh, it's been an insane, amazing, I can't even put into words journey. We only started in October and Drew, like you, like I've said it before, you played a huge part in all of this coming together. Um, you, Phil and I had like, uh, we had developed like this bond and it all, it was always like that was going to lead to something. I knew that we were going to do some kind of thing together and, you know, you went on and did a couple of other things. So we uh, hooked up with Will Washington, made it, you know, got to the Fightful Network, started making it happen. And things have been going absolutely insane. Like, that's also a part of the reason why I got this Paige Van Zandt thing, part of the reason why I got the Who We Are album, part of the reason why everything is happening, just because of the massive success of Grapsity Podcast, just every Saturday getting to wake up and talk wrestling and just be me, have fun with two guys that are tremendous, Phil Lindsay. Um, Pretty much around the same time I met Andrew Thompson is when I met Phil Lindsay. And I was like, I have to do some work with these two people. Like, I have to make this happen. So it's been years in the making. I think that's why people are like, well, you guys have only been doing it for this long. How do you have so much chemistry? Like, no, this was like years and years in the making, honestly. And Will Washington was always kind of in the background, just like hanging around. So this was a thing that we always kind of knew what was going to we were going to get towards, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be so fast and things were going to happen. So crazy. Like we just were in Las Vegas and we were in the blue wire shout out to blue wire studios for hosting Very cool podcast, making us look amazing. I go back and watch that. I'm like, I can't believe we did this. <laughs> this is insane. How did we get here? But you know, just being able to have fun and, and doing Grapsity and having cool interviews we've interviewed. Yeah. We just interviewed red velvet. We interviewed Nyla Rose, which one of my favorite because Nyla's amazing. She's just the energy that she gives up. It's it's crazy. Hard to keep up with what she does. Um, we interviewed my homie Powerhouse Hobbs. We've had Captain Sean Dean We've had all kind of great things happen. And the best part about it, it's only the beginning. Like I said, it's been since October. We have a lot of dope interviews, dope things coming up. So I'm just excited to be a part of this. I'm excited to have such cool podcast partners to be able to it's like it's not work when people say oh you get a job that you love then blah 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 like it's like that like it's not work right. i get to wake up and have fun and then reap the benefits of having fun you know talking about pro wrestling and reg of course you do work with uh, pro wrestling illustrated as well but also on top of that when we mentioned the pwi uh, their different ranking system you also have the black wrestler 500 man so yeah are, are there any are, are there any things you can tell us about that i know it usually drops around august right yeah, it's uh, I usually start work right after I finish up the PWI because then I could kind of look what's going on over there. And like PWI is the end of June is when it's that's the end of the, you know, the 
qualifying time for yeah. that. So it's about to be done. We're about to start wrapping this thing up. Going to get started on the VW 500 this year is it's it's a race. Honestly, <laughs> there's a lot going on. Like Bianca Belair is going insane. It's it, yeah, like yeah. a black woman is like prime to win this. Bianca Belair is mm. insane. Jade Cargill is like, how do you? She's like, she's yeah. only had 32 or so matches, but she's like undeniable. Like, you know, we're in the mm-hmm. presence of a big star here. So it's like, if I put her at number one, it's we're, we're good. So, but it's a whole bunch of um, talented wrestlers on the independents. I'm looking at like Willow Nightingale could be, she's had a tremendous year. Um, yep. Tokyo Joshi just, Pro, man. I'm saying that's amazing. <laughs> that's coming up. That's about to hit. Trisha Dora, she could go back to back two years in a row. She's done mm. a Tremendous amount of though. Um, it's going to be a very tough decision for me. I'm dreading it. I've cried myself to sleep <laughs> a couple of these nights just thinking about it because wrestlers are insane and they're going to be on my back. But yeah, it's coming. The end of August, BW 500 2022. It should be pretty great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to throw a nomination in being British. Got to nominate a British guy, Leon Slater. Um, I think he's 17 years old. He's been everywhere this past few years. He he debuted for Progress and a bunch of other people, like one of the top cruiserweights in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you said 17, 17, Martin. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) this is crazy. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to see this person. You know, yeah, he's got a, if you go on his Twitter, he's got like a highlight reel at the top of his page. Yeah. And he just keeps getting better and better. And he's getting booked everywhere at the minute. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I want to shout out uh, just because you said a teenager, Nick Wayne. He's just amazing. Uh, Anytime somebody says teenager, I have to say Nick Wayne out loud because he's, he's insane. So, shout out to Nick Wayne randomly just just because he's out there destroying it. Just had an amazing match, match with Will Ospreay, his dream match Mm -hmm. like this is one of the craziest stories in pro wrestling like this kid had like what's your number one dream match and he's like will osprey and he's 16 years old and he got that dream match like that's a beautiful story i just love thinking about that like how beautiful pro wrestling could be like he watched will osprey as a 10 year old and six years later he's main eventing a wrestling show with them pro wrestling is the best man i loved it it definitely is man there's two quick things before we wrap up man uh I, yeah. I just wanted to i just wanted to mention this thing do you remember when me you martin and benno did that podcast and we were talking about way using matilda the dog and i was like he picked the dog and we all died <laughs> we, we fucking died laughing that yes. was the funniest shit man i, I swear I I, I I i need to go back and, and find that clip that was hilarious but uh rich yeah. I, I know me I know me and you have talked about this in person, but I don't I don't think you've ever like talked about it uh in, in, a, in a public public setting. But you talked about the black wrestling's Twitter account, man, and how that got deleted. Like I know like back back then it, it, it wasn't no joking matter, like in terms of that getting deleted. <laughs> right. but, but but me and you, we sort of talked about that, man. And I, I like honestly, I know you agree with me. I think that was like best case scenario in, in terms of like just the overall situation, because now can people can put a face to the black wrestler's name and you eventually turn that into just righteous ridge which is yourself it's like how, how right. cool is it to know that you know th- this thing that you know you built up from the ground up and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty shitty shitty feeling uh you know as, at first when that first happened but has i been 2020 man like look what the hell happened now people could put a face to you know the actual individual that's doing the work 
Yeah, I agree 100%. We talked about it when we saw each other recently, uh, WrestleMania yeah. weekend. Yeah, I think it actually needed to happen, honestly. I remember when it first happened, you Phil and, you and Phil would like be on me just like, because I'd be talking about gifts. So what happened was yeah. I posted a gift of Liam Neeson's, <laughs> if you, about something stupid. I don't even know why I got banned. I got the tweet. I got the gift. <laughs> from twitter twitter every time they'll never forget but yeah i think uh losing that account was devastating at first at first i was just like i need this to because i wanted to always separate i wanted to be like here's righteous reg over here he does the music he mm -hmm. does this and then over here is where i do you know bw 500 stuff everything attached to that but in hindsight losing all that and having to combine the two into one and just having to be myself and just going 100% on the wrestling side on my Righteous Red page was the best thing mm -hmm. that could have happened. Because like you said, people put a name to a, name to a face, people put a face to the brand of what I was mm -hmm. representing over here. And it just helped things excel a lot faster. So people could just be like, there's not the Righteous, there's not the Black Wrestling's brand. It's like Righteous Red Rage. and with exactly. the things that come with them. And that in turn also helped with the music, which is great in hindsight because now like i have more fans in the music off the back of combining the wrestling stuff so yeah it was just something that needed to happen it was devastating at first but now i'm like thank god like it's went up like and now at this point i have too many twitter followers it's only five thousand. like i don't know how people have like a million twitter followers or like <laughs> no way man like this five thousand, i'm like too much i have to disconnect i'm out of here leaving like i can't imagine like 20 times more that every single day somebody commenting a million like it's a lot it's too much but i'm loving everything that's happening i'm loving all the support that's that's been happening recently and it's been a an amazing journey since nick gage tried to murder you in las vegas <laughs> oh my goodness man hey, hey no nah, but reg in all seriousness bro we, we we proud of you uh all of us proud of you but you know you my dog i've been rocking with you since for about four or five years now bro so yeah it's been a minute your thing yeah, we, we we definitely looking forward to the uh, the, the Peter. I said I was about to say PW Insider, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and we also looking forward to the to, to the Black uh, the Black Wrestlers Five Hundred. I always look forward to that, and always look forward to seeing all the wrestlers get like so hella excited about that man. Even the ones that maybe think they're not being seen, right. that those are that that that's that's the coolest ones out of all of it. It's the ones. Yeah, who, no, just like, like seeing. Yeah. Uh, there's some guys that have the number in their Twitter bio, it's like BW Five Hundred number, cool. blah blah yeah. blah, and that's like <laughs> I can't like. Like, that's amazing to me. Like, that's so cool that they are excited about this little list that I mean, it's not a little list. Like, you know, there's some magnitude to it, but like they're excited yeah. about something that I created. And I think it's great. And it, like I've said from the beginning, it's not about me. It's about the pro wrestler. So mm -hmm. when this list comes out, it's not about rankings, not about numbers. It's about a celebration of 500 black wrestlers. There's going to be a 17 year old black wrestler from the UK <laughs> on there. That's going to be discovered. <laughs> there off you, the base, you know what I mean? And that's that's more important than numbers and why is kofi kingston number now nah, that doesn't matter it matters that kofi kingston is attached to a 17 year old black kid from the uk that's what's up there you go there you go oh excellent oh i know you're so so busy so thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak with us again but yeah all the success to you mate it's fantastic to see what you've been doing and yeah like andrew said yeah we're all uh, really excited about all the work you've been doing so cheers for coming on mate really appreciate it Thank you. Appreciate you guys again. Catch me on Grapsity every Saturday morning. Uh, it's 9 a.m. for me uh, here on the West Coast. 
Uh, there's different time zones. People listen from all over the world. So check your respective time zone. Uh, yeah, and get you uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I think the newest issue out is Supercars 22. I did a feature on the For the Culture show that happened in um, Texas. And then the next one's coming out is really important one because I did an interview with Leg- the legend homicide and i really like people to listen to to check that interview out so yeah get you a pwi and at the end of august is the bw 500 and you can catch me everywhere tweeting all the time about stuff and people yelling at me because i think the young bucks are the greatest tag team of all time so that's it there you go, man, man, you that. <laughs> that's a rich appreciate you coming on bro thank you Thanks so much to Reg there. Always fantastic talking to him. And on the show now, he's uh, I think he's our only two-time guest on the show. He's on episode 11 to talk yeah. CM Punk, best in the world. And then on episode 17 to talk the WWE-produced Bret Hart documentary. And it's the man always putting Sudbury, Ontario on the map. It's Fucking Mr. Dumb. Eric Marcotte. <laughs> Eric, thanks for joining us on, on this last edition of uh, Bushby and Thompson. Does this count as a three-time guest? I, I think, think this does, counts mate. as a three-time guest. Wow. It definitely what an is. honor. What an honor. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate honor. Whack that on your CV, mate. You'll be getting job offers left, right, and center. I wanted to ask you about Sudbury, because I feel like this is an obsession of Brandon from New Jersey's that um, he's obsessed with your hometown. Um, well, so tell us something about it. Is it why why is it so in the in the lexicon now? Um, I, I think. Uh, Brandon finds humor in it because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. You see, Ontario, there's there's Northern Ontario and there's Southern Ontario. And uh, Sudbury is actually the biggest city in Northern Ontario, but it's still only like less than 200,000 people here. And like 90% of Ontario's population is all down south. So it's like four hours between Sudbury and the next biggest city and just the uh, uh, I don't know, something about that really gets Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's what a great guy he's and it's also very cold here so that's uh, oh yeah that so weighs I, in I as guess well with all the gifts that he was sending you of snow and sort of like wolves and things like that that uh it must be pretty cold out there but um i mean you've got to talk about some of the great work that you've done on on post you yes, know obviously sir. we've had neil on and, and the likes and talked about sort of like post wrestling community and things like that i mean some of the UFC stuff. I mean, UFC International Fight Week's coming up in July, along you know with the Hall of Fame and UFC two seven six. Um, I mean, that must be the biggest sort of like mixed martial arts week of the year, right? Is that going to be like one of your busiest weeks for the site? Um, you know, there was a time where International Fight Week was definitely the biggest week of the year for MMA, largely because they used to do like two or three cards. Like they, I remember, I think it was two thousand sixteen. They did one on like. Uh, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or something along those lines. But but now it's just the one night, and I think what really dictates uh, whether it's busy or not is the stars. And as big as this one is, with uh, Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier and uh, Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky, it's not necessarily going to compare to uh, the buzz around a Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier fight or something along those lines. Yeah, I'm about to say, Eric, man, talk, talk about some of the, you know, that, that great work that you do uh, on the post-wrestling side covering MMA events. And then, like, I, do, do, do you always enjoy, like, when uh, like when, when some of these MMA shows run long? Like, I know you just did the PFL, uh, one of the PFL oh. shows. And, like, like and, 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 like, right at, like, right when you're done, 
there's always like maybe like a triple A show on or, or, you know, a New Japan show. Or do you enjoy sort of that transition? But also speak about some of these late nights, man, that you get into with some of these MMA cards. Man, uh, some of the so these MMA cards are long. Imagine like you're sitting down to watch a full length WrestleMania every single week, right? Because these cards are all seven to eight hours. Uh, I, this year, I've decided for my own mental health, I'm cutting back on like the PFL Bellator cards and just sticking with the main cards. I'm not covering the prelims anymore. It's just way too much work for uh, for too little interest. But um, yeah, they usually end pretty late, especially the UFCs. Uh, if we're talking a UFC pay-per-view, we're talking about that ending at uh, maybe 1 a.m. my time. And that's kind of sets me right up if I want to go, go watch a New Japan card that night or something. Like uh, after the UFC pay-per-view last weekend, it read, led right into Dominion. So sometimes that's a nice wind down. That's funny that you use wrestling to wind down from the UFC. That's uh, funny to me. Um, sort of like, why do you see sort of like UFC in terms of popularity and sort of like, you know, Conor McGregor sort of winding down a bit, isn't he? And in terms of like superstar people that they've got, do you think they've got enough horses to pull them for the next sort of like two or three years? Oh, easy. They're as big as they've ever been right now in terms of business and uh, all of their pay-per-views are, have been doing very well financially for them. It feels like the UFC brand has reached a point where uh, Conor McGregor, is he a difference maker? Yeah, sure. But not to the extent he was uh, eight years ago. They don't really need stars at this point. They just need that name brand. And I think there's still enough name value in guys like Jorge Masvidal or a uh, Dustin Poirier even that, that can pr- put one of those guys on the card and, and it might propel you to 500,000 buys just with that name alone. Uh, keep going. Interesting matchup. You're at a million. So wow. I don't think the UFC has any concerns in terms of uh, their business throughout the next few years. They're doing very well financially. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I suppose I look at it from my own fandom. I mean, I was big, big into it when it was sort of like T.O. against, uh, you know, Chuck Liddell and, and those sorts of guys. And I sort of like fell off a bit and I watched some of the Conor McGregor fights and obviously the freak fight he had against Floyd Mayweather and things like that. But yeah, I really fell off in it. But yeah, it was, wow, it's I suppose that's the ultimate goal, isn't it, for any brand, for the actual, just the brand itself, rather than needing any superstars. That's certainly what WWE have tried doing over the years and stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's crazy to think that UFC have, have managed to pull that off. And yeah. Eric, uh, I'm about to say, Eric, uh, we got to talk about your Boston Celtics, man, real quick. They made oh, it to the NBA Finals. Uh, 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 unfortunately, Laws, what, what, what did you think about the Celtics' overall effort, man? Because it really was a great season, man. It just seemed like... Go to state's experience and them being there multiple times, like literally just sort of put them over the hump, uh, over the over the Celtics. Yeah, yeah I no idea. Are you not, are you not a Raptors fan? No, what I'm not. Thought, a Raptors oh, right, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't dislike the Raptors. I've been to a few Raptors games, of course, but it's uh, they've never been my team. No, I, I'm a Celtics fan. Uh, they, they did have a great year considering in back in January, February, they were like the 11th seed. Didn't even think they were going to make the play-ins. And then they turned it around to make it all the way to the finals. Uh, Golden State was just better. That's all there is to it. But the entire core is really young, right? Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both still under 25 years of age. Uh, future looks bright for them. For sure, for sure. And I, I definitely think the Celtics, they, they, they definitely want to come up, man. But I, I think they will get back. But Eric, we, we appreciate you coming on, bro, for sure. Uh, you, you do a lot of great work at Post Wrestling. Um, you do a lot. I, I really enjoy your MMA reports. I try to check them out half the time. I don't know what the hell going on, but I, 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 I very, very, very much still appreciate the work you do. Uh, bro. Thank you. you put in a lot of work in those late hours. I don't know how you do it, bro. I really don't. 
Oh, you do uh, far more than I do. You do far more than I do, Andrew. <laughs> last question. Do you think uh, UFC have got any fear with money in the bank uh, on the running head-to-head in, uh, in Vegas? Uh, d- didn't they drive uh, the WWE out of their initial arena? I don't think the UFC is too worried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, WWE, they, they tried to run. Uh, what was what was that venue? Uh, oh, what's that? The, the the venue that the Raiders play in the stadium. They tried to run that show, and I don't, I don't think it went too well. So, uh, so yeah, they 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 often to run with the, the the T-Mobile Arena. So there you go. Mm-hmm. That that's that WWE. So yeah, Eric, Eric no, thank you for coming on, bro. No, I'm uh, glad to be on uh, third and, and final time for now, but uh, never say never. Any plugs you want to get in before we uh, let you get out of here? No, you can see all my work on postwrestling.com and go to postwrestling.com slash discord if you want to interact with me and various other members of the post community. Excellent. Cheers, mate. Fucking Thank you. Eric. All right. Thanks for having me on. Let's <laughs> uh, Jeremy get his full time in, man. So next up, join you joined Andrew when I was away for my birthday and they reviewed No Way Out 2003 on episode 16. It's Mr. Jeremy Lambert. Ooh. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Always, always good to talk to my guy, Andrew, and always, uh, you know, nice to finally meet you. We were just talking off air to meet you over the digital airwaves, Martin. Indeed, great to have you on, mate, and great to finally get to chat to you on here. But um, how to how did you two guys meet initially? Then, oh gosh, Andrew, you wanna you wanna yeah. tell this story, man? I, I I think me me and Jeremy first met when I was uh we were both at Fightful and we started doing the news together at first, and I think the summer of 2018 we started doing the news together and just fucking crushed it like the whole way through. And then me and Jeremy stayed cool throughout the whole way. Like that, that that's like the cliff notes beginning of it. But yeah, that, that's how me and Jeremy first met him, man. We just got real cool. Um, I'm gonna put a mode, dude, is like one of the most supportive people out there. Uh like that, like that, I was just saying before we started recording, like Martin and Jeremy, this is like my two guys like crossing over right now, man, from the from the different respective wrestling news sites. So yeah, bro, both of y'all glad to have y'all on this show, man. But uh, yeah, for sure. J- Jeremy, then me and Jeremy met, yeah, fir- first time interacting. Yeah, that that summer of 2018, man, and we've been yeah we've been cool ever since. Uh, stand up dude right here. Uh, but but Jeremy also has the uh, he's a part of Fightful.com and he's a lead writer there, and he also has the Fightful Overbook YouTube channel. Uh, just a roster of talented people that he's put together over there. Jeremy, talk talk about like keeping that keeping the channel flowing, man, and and, and sort of the content that you're looking to produce out there, and and and, and already the just the, uh, the the abundance of shows that you have there, man. A bunch of great shows that you have on the Fightful Overbook channel. And also sure the that. massive success. I was seeing something early today. Yeah. 7,000 Patreon subscribers. Holy yes. shit, man. Congrats. Yes. That's fucking amazing. I don't yeah. I don't have anything to do with Fightful Select. People just oh. subscribe to yell at Sean. That's all, all they do. For that. Um, Andrew knows I don't take a compliment well. And then he just... Yeah, he does. Compliment me to death. <laughs> this is a, Andrew and I was just complimenting each other back and forth. He's like, no, no, you take this one. You take it. Uh, yeah, I've... I've known andrew since yeah that summer we we destroyed the news rounds together and now we're destroying the news rounds separately uh <laughs> making these other websites keep up with us um but yeah when it comes to when it comes to overbooked we're just trying to cover a little bit of everything we got shows covering new japan and, and joshi and tag team wrestling and obviously AEW and wwe and all that stuff but i'm just trying to give other people a shot to talk about wrestling which is what they what 
you know, it's kind of all bonded us together here. And, uh, you know, I got enough stuff going on, but I like to try to, as much as I can, let, let other voices be heard and let them kind of have fun and create the kind of content that, that they want to create on the channel. So it's been a, it's been a fun and, and kind of fruitful venture of allowing others to, to, to shine and step back and not be like, all right, I have to produce all of this content or else we are screwed. Holy shit, I mean, you're being modest. I've just looked it up on YouTube. 13,500 subscribers. So, yeah, to pat yourself on the back for that, mate. That's uh, wow. I mean, those are some... Those we are some stole all numbers. those from the Fightful MMA channel. We That's that's all we did. We, we stole all those subscribers. It's it's not as impressive as it, it looks, but I'll, I'll take I'll take it. Because, <laughs> I mean, Fightful is such a massive community, isn't it? I mean, there's so yeah. many different writers, and, you know, you've got so many people on there. I mean, we talk about posts having sort of like a big community of people and, and contributors i mean fightful is like absolutely huge isn't it? i mean there's so many sort of like different sort of like pieces to it and i mean it's just absolutely brilliant sort of like the community that you guys have put put together over there yeah sean is really done a great job with with all of that and you know he's been the face of it from the start and the way he's turned himself into uh, honestly like the news reporting guy when it comes to this stuff. And then yeah. I, I feel I've played a, a small part in it and look, Andrew played a part in it as well when he was there and doing all the, the news stuff that, cause I, I say it all the time. I would not be as good as I am at news. If it was not for Andrew Thompson, everything I, Don't do I know, it. Don't do it. everything Don't I do know, it. I learned from him. <laughs> I learned everything from him. I would not be as good as this without him. The, this man taught me what it, what it really takes to like, put your nose down and grind on this stuff. That sounds, that sounds very bad uh, to put, uh, put like the hard work, the work ethic that goes into this. Cause this man was in school uh, during the weekdays and on the weekends got in and was just banging out 20, 30 articles on Saturdays and Sundays covering shows and everything. And like, without him doing all of that, I wouldn't have been able to be able to do it. What kind of what I wanted to do with the site, and without him doing all that, I wouldn't have been like, you know what? I've got to like pick up my game as well. Cause if this stuff isn't stopping Andrew, I ain't got no excuses to make. And so that's real. Yeah. Everything I have learned uh, has come from him. So Andrew was a big part of just the start of everything with, with fightful. And yeah, we've, we've grown into something uh, halfway decent, I guess. Now, would you say you approached like um, a news week like last week? So obviously, so yeah, much man. is going on, and then the week before, <laughs> and things like that. And it just honestly, though, uh, my uh, brother in law works for like a, a big newspaper, like a, a national newspaper over here. And he was texting me and going, you know, all this Vince stuff's blowing my mind. If I was to write about this, you know, for this mainstream paper, you know, I don't even know how to approach it, sort of thing. So, how does you know, how do you sort of like approach sort of like a news week, like what was happening last week and even the week before? It seems like the wrestling news cycle just never ends. It does, Andrew and I talk about that all the time. It's like this just <laughs> does not stop. Like it might slow down a little bit, but it yeah. there's so much out there, and, and Andrew knows this better than anybody's like you can cover as much as you want to cover because there's a million podcasts, a million <laughs> interviews. There's there's so much you can do. It's like, do you want to cover all of this? Right. Not all the time, but there's obviously stories of importance that you have to hit the Vince stuff, the Hardy stuff, all the stuff that happened last mm. week. Like you've got to hit that stuff. But again, a Andrew knows like, okay, do I want to listen to this Raven interview and, and try to find something <laughs> out of this? Do I want to listen? into this third Rob Van Dam interview of the week and try to find something out of this. And sometimes it's like, uh, you know what? I've done enough for the day or for the week. I just don't want to go through this. And, and so I just don't. But 
there really is. There's, there's so much out there that you could never stop covering it if you didn't want to, because there's just, there's literally so much out there as far as like a, a week, like last week, there's really no way to approach that because it's so you can't prepare for a week like that. Yeah. You can prepare for like a mania week. You know, that's going to be a big mm. week. It's like, okay, it's WrestleMania week. Everybody's gathered here. A lot of stuff's going to happen. You really can't prepare for there. There was the other week. Um, Vince did the McAfee show. Tony bought ROH. This is all the same week. It was like the first week <laughs> of March. And it's like, you can't prepare for that stuff because it just, it just happens. It's like, okay, well got to do it now. So there's really no preparing for it. You just, you just got to do it. And when you get it, get enough reps on this stuff, then it, a lot of it does become very second nature. Like I can knock out a lot of these articles in just 15 minutes or less, mm. uh, but you can't prepare yourself of like, oh, it's going to happen then. Cause it happens at the most random times. That wall street journal store is like five o'clock or something. Like they, <laughs> these things drop at the most random times. You just, you can't prepare air for this stuff yeah for sure and jeremy uh i, I gotta put him over he, he you know he, he tried to put me over man but i gotta put him over man one of the most efficient dudes <laughs> right when i got a room no that's my dude right there man that's my dude but uh jeremy i did we, we gotta we gotta publicly congratulate jeremy because he did get engaged jeremy tell us about the beautiful lady man and and how much uh, how, how forward are you looking to that to the actual wedding man we actually, Congrats, we actually, we actually set a date today. Uh, we finally, Uh-oh. we finally said, this is a scoop. This is a scoop Uh-oh. for, for you guys. Oh. Um, Will Washington's going to be mad. Cause I think I told him I would give him this scoop, but I'm going <laughs> to give it to you first, Andrew. Uh, October 2nd is, is the wedding date. Unless plans change, that. it's wrestling. Plans can always change. Um, but yeah, October 2nd is when we're planning on, on getting married. We met on Twitter, <laughs> believe it or not. We, we just, we met on Twitter. Uh, we, uh, on, on my on my past show, The Distraction with Joe Holbert, we interviewed Michael Thompson, uh, NBA legend, NBA champion, uh, the the father of Clay Thompson, and he had some hot takes on Bret Hart and Triple H, saying Triple H was better than Bret Hart. And uh, whoa, which, yes, very very hot take right there. And uh, this person and I on on Twitter, I, I don't give her shoot name. She doesn't want it out there. I call her the EP, now the fiance. Uh, we'd bantered about just like publicly before all this, but she just DM'd me and was like that. I cannot stand for this take that my, Michael Thompson gave. Uh, Triple H is better than Bret Hart. And from there, we just like hit it off and got to talking and uh, we had stuff in common and everything. And then it just became a budding relationship after that. And I was kind of lost after a divorce and I moved to Ohio, the worst, the worst state in the world. Uh, but I moved here and, you know, now we're going to have a, have a, hopefully a beautiful life together. But yeah, she, she's the best. She understands that the job that, that we have when it comes to news writing is like never ending. And so yeah. there will be nights where it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to work, but this happened. And so it's <laughs> nine o'clock at night and, you know, it's supposed to be our night. But hey, WWE just decided to release a bunch of people at nine o'clock yeah. at night. So I got to jump on the computer and start working on release articles. Like she understands what my job entails. And because she is so understanding, I'm able to do a lot more because if she, she tried to fight on a lot of this, it would just be a mess and it wouldn't, wouldn't work out. And I just would be kind of miserable, but she's just so understanding, so supportive, so appreciative. She's, she's the absolute best. Love, love her to death and cannot wait until October 2nd. Yeah, congratulations, Jeremy, uh, mate. Yeah, that's thanks. brilliant. I'm still blown away that Michael Thompson, LA Lakers, Michael Thompson yes. is a fucking wrestling fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He he tweeted, it was uh, during the pandemic, he tweeted about AEW and like how he liked Eddie Kingston. 
And so I just messaged him. I was like, Hey, we do this show. Do you want to like, come on? Like, do, can we interview you about wrestling? He's like, yeah, sure. Let's set it up for this time. So it was, I feel like that's how a lot of connections are made nowadays. You just kind of like DM a person be like, Hey, you want to do an interview? And they're like, yeah, sure. Let's do an interview. And then mm-hmm. stuff just happens. I think his other son's a sports, isn't he a baseball player? His other son is a baseball player as well, isn't he? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. I just know Clay Thompson has broken my heart many times as a Thunder right. fan. So, yeah, I think, he, I think he's other some place for the Dodgers. Yeah, I don't think he's okay. like a superstar or anything, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, must be something in the water, yeah, where they are. So he's got two kids that are uh, pro athletes. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. I'm about to say, Jeremy, the last time you actually he came on like Martin said the, the No Way Out 2003 show. There's no there's no test of a friendship like having to sit through Scott Steiner Scott Steiner versus Triple H. <laughs> I, I, I mean Jesus fucking Christ! And, 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 then, and then we had to watch Terry wrestle at the end. Oh my God! Terrible. Yes, terrible. it was it was horrible, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, you you messaged me late on that. You're like, hey, can you do this yeah. here? And I'm like, yeah. It was, it was Andrew, so last for you. Anything, anything. And I was like, well, that, okay? and this is this is what I'm talking about plans changing is it was like a saturday night or something i was like uh hey do you want to watch no way out 2003 tonight and she's like yeah sure let's watch this show i was like it's got triple h for scott steiner on it and she's like yeah let's watch this and so yeah that's, that's how we spent our saturday night that, yes yeah. <laughs> she's, she's the best. Hey, hey jeremy real quick about the uh the vincent man story that we were just talking about do you think him stepping down as ceo is kind of for lack of better terms like I don't want to say pointless in a sense because like Stephanie is now the interim CEO, but Vince is still like running the creative content on the show. And he's like literally there every week. And, you know, we just got the news that John Laurinaitis is on uh, administrative leave and Bruce Prichard is filling in his role. Like what, what, what sort of your assessment of Vince McMahon stepping down as CEO? Uh, and also, what do you think about like just the sort of the pandering of him, you know, coming out on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night Smackdown and, and oh. essentially essentially coming out as if like, hey, this isn't bothering me type thing. I, I think it's like a pretty clear thing to, to actually say that. Vince is basically just like going out there and showing the size of his grapefruits of like, yeah, don't doesn't really matter what's going on. Here I am on television. Like you, you can't stop me. Uh, him stepping down and Stephanie being there is, it's, it's very showy. Like he's still going to yeah. be doing creative and everything. It's a McMahon in this position. It looks good of like, Oh, there's a there's allegations with, with women. Here's a woman as our interim C- CEO. The the woman mm. who created women's wrestling is now the CEO and everything. <laughs> like it's it's very all just dog and pony circus circus show. It's it's very WWE. And I don't know why anybody's surprised. I don't know why yeah. anybody's surprised, but it's Vince is gonna do what Vince is gonna do. Lauren Itis, I think, is gonna end up taking all the fall for this. Like mm. once this is all, all said and done, he's just He's gone. It can be administrative leave for right now. It's going to be here's, you know, goodbye. You're the scapegoat for all of this. And then the show will just continue as it always does. That's that's what I've learned when it comes to WWE. Yep, the show must go on. <laughs> that's their motto, isn't it? Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. All the best with the wedding. The, as a married man, the best advice I can give you is uh, make some time for yourself on the day because you'll get dragged here there and everywhere by everybody so yeah uh, definitely make some time for yourself because it'll fly by but yeah thank congratulations you. and thank you so much for coming on with us thank you guys uh andrew you know how much i love you martin i appreciate it uh best wishes to, to everything you're about to do um yeah thanks guys and i, I love post john pollock he's the man uh so i love everything you guys are, are doing over at post so i appreciate you having me on here
Appreciate you coming on, Jermo. That was great having Jeremy on there. Thank you so much for him coming on. And the final guest on the final show, he joined us on episode five with Chad Gelfin to talk Royal Rumble 2002. It's the professor, the king of LA, Mr. Chris yes, Ely. Chris, thanks for coming on. Yes, sir. Uh, hey, thanks. Uh, LA isn't a monarchy yet, but, you know, hopefully, <laughs> if, it, if it becomes one, hopefully I will be crouching. Yeah. Hey, if Steph Curry can be the go of California, you can be the king of it, mate. That's, that's, that's hey, hey. Say there. <laughs> right, right. Hey, so, Chris, um, obviously, I mean, you know, it's safe to say you've had a tough year. How's everything going for you now? I know you went out to Vegas and AEW. I was all that. How's, how's things been going for you uh, the past uh, couple of months? Well, everything's been going a lot better now. I think I had to kind of get over that hump because in January I had the brain surgery. Um, and February was about recovering. March was about recovering. April was about recovering. May was about recovering. And then June, I'm kind of in the almost the recovered state. I mean, this is a process, you know. So um, I'm just kind of before at the very beginning, it was just frustrating and annoying. And I was sad and pissed all the time and angry all the time, irritable. But now I'm at the point where um, instead of trying to work against the brain surgery, I'm trying to work with it to kind of mm. get back to a point where um, I am happy going out and doing things, right? Mm. Yes, hey, Chris, uh, firstly, congratulations, man, on the writing you've been doing with WrestleNomics. Uh, I, I, know, I know you're looking into this, and we also uh, just finished talking about it with Jeremy, man, but I'm also excited to get your thoughts about you know, what, what do you what do you make about the Vince McMahon situation going on? You know, him being the center of the, you know, the, the misconduct investigation and then appearing on TV in front of the crowd and all that. Stuff. <laughs> like, what, 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 what do you sort of make of that whole thing? And I also know me, me you, Nate and uh, Rich Frank will end up talking about it on the end of the day pod. But I'm definitely excited to hear your thoughts about uh, about that whole ordeal, man, as it continues to unfold. Yeah, um, I'm actually working on an article for uh, WrestleNomics on this at the moment about the business psychology behind this whole thing. Um, I continue to say wrestling is a trash industry. It, it, it just is. You go into wrestling fandom understanding this, and, that, and then you have to ask yourself the question, once you get through your cognitive dissonance, what's important to you in this business, right? And I'm at the point now with Vince McMahon, just hearing these stories throughout the decades, yeah. it's time for him to step down because this is, this is, at this point, it's way past ridiculous, right? It's like now, now it's like, I, look, one of my first jobs out of college, a little known fact about me, one of my first jobs out of college was as a paralegal. I might have been making 60K uh, a year USD when I first started it. 100K is about right for a, a good paralegal. I was a horrible paralegal. So uh, my, my ceiling was like 40, 60K. Um, but to get a 100% raise, <laughs> like after just a little while of, of being a paralegal, paralegal, 
you have to be either the greatest paralegal on planet Earth to go from 100,000 a year to <laughs> 200,000 a year, or something fishy is going on behind the scenes. And this is like, and, th- and this is kind of like, because um, one of the things I do with uh, WrestleNomics what, that I started doing is talk about um, the business psychology of the wrestling industry and the power dynamics associated with it. So when you are a superior at your job, it's just, even if it's an agreed upon relationship, and I use that term loosely, it's just bad business to be sleeping with paralegals. Long answer. (laughs) Chris, like when you sort of look at, I I know like a big, uh, talking point about this whole thing this whole situation and is that how the mainstream media outlets are covering it and i know like one of the big talking points is like the mainstream media so as to well people want them to take responsibility and report accurate r- completely accurately on this thing and treat it in a serious manner in order for that serious tone to be like I, for lack of better terms, like placed onto the wrestling business so people can mm. sort of but, but become more serious about it as a whole. But like, what, what do you think the mainstream media's role uh, in, in this whole thing is as far as like, and also what you would like to see from them as far as, as this story continues to unfold? Okay, so we've got two stories going on in uh, the media right now about two possible allegedly shady um owners right or um executives or whatever mm-hmm. we've got the story with the washington commanders going on and then this story with vince mcmahon and there's a lot of parallels there the difference that i see between the coverage of both of these stories is i think vince mcmahon gets to kind of hide this facade of, hey, this is all sports entertainment. He gets to be the remaster. And it's almost like we expect this kind of behavior out of him, right? So we we, we kind of don't hold him to the same standards that we have, that we would hold um, the, oh, what's the, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but um, the owner of the Washington Commanders, right? We're not holding him to those standards because when you see coverage of this, it's ESPN is getting multiple segments. It's getting, you know, talked about like a serious hey, thing. Dan, Dan Snyder. Snyder, thank you for that, Andrew. Yeah, it's getting serious coverage. And Vince McMahon, it's just kind of like, depending on where you go, like CNB, CNBC did a decent job with this. I saw Good Morning America over the weekend, they treated this story with some seriousness. Um, Jake Taper on CBS or on CNN just treated it like a complete joke. Um, mm-hmm. It got like a segment, and then he's like, "Of course it, of course he is," you know. Which I understand that line because when he found out Vince was going to be on SmackDown that night, but at the same time, I do wish. Um, wrestling was treated with more reverence by the media than um than it is right because that's why i always say this is this is wrestling is a trash industry when it comes to these kind of things it's it's this isn't even an opinion of mine i think this is if you if you 
critically think about what you deem as trash behavior and what the wrestling industry often gets away with with the beloved figures that we like in the wrestling industry get away with, then I don't see any other uh, way you could describe this as, instead of as trash industry. Not everyone in the industry in trash, but the, um, the power dynamics in this business are not set up for the working man or woman. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's so, just it, it's just interesting. It's just interesting that the way the media it has all all been about the uh, the hush money, hasn't it? That's been in like sort of like every headline, and like say some seem to be taking it seriously, and like with anything to do with WWE or wrestling, it just gets complete. It just gets taken as a complete joke, doesn't it, Andrew? Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely like one thing that I did see. Um, like I saw, I saw a lot of people sort of point this out. I think I saw Chris point it out as well. Is that some outlets were maybe forgetting to add the part in that he's still in creative control mm. and it was just the CEO mm -hmm. part that was covered like um like like chris how, how important do you think that is for people to actually what what well, I, 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 I everybody within our space knows that vince is still running the creative spot but like just from people on the outside who don't know how important do you think it is for them to also know that information that even though he's quote unquote step down as CEO and he uh Stephanie's taking that role. Uh how important do you think it is for people to know that he is still actually running the creative content of the company? And also what, what's your thoughts about, you know, like I mean you you did you did elaborate on it, but like do, do you think it's more a thing on the line of like I I I, I, I mean well it, it is kind of like I, I think how Jeremy worded it before you came on was like real dog and pony like show mm -hmm. me like hey, like, hey, you know, this is Stephanie McMahon. She's taking over the company, quote unquote, as the CEO. Like, do you think that's all for show? And, you know, Vince is like still probably day to day operations and what's going on? Uh, yeah, he's still like all the way in it, man. Yeah. He's, he's, it's, it's, it's not, they're not even trying to hide it. I'm not with everybody else, though. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's gonna get away with this scot free. I mean, he could. Yeah. But I mean, th there's always a calm before a massive storm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein, I watched him in this town. You know, um, I, I, I've had an ex-girlfriend make it to uh, Harvey Weinstein's uh, casting couch. So uh, that's, I won't elaborate on it, mm -hmm. but I watched him in this city like just kind of take advantage of people and people who want to come up in the world of acting mm. acquiesce to this guy's bullshit. Um, and this McMahon has kind of operated in that same vein. Now he's set up some structures that kind of make it easy for him to do it. He always has a fall guy or two or three to take the bullet before him. But after a while, you know, you know, there's, you run out of fall, fall guys. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think that, I do think that um, within the next year or two, something is going to come off of all of this. And I'm just, just sitting back and waiting to see what happens. Hey, yeah, with the fall guys, he's already, he's already got them lined up, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 He's already he's got I, them lined I, up to knock them down, hasn't he? I, I was just about to say that, Chris. You think you think Lord Knight is probably going to take the brunt of this? 
Uh, yeah, because that's what he was hired to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I heard, yeah. I heard Vince, I heard Jim Ross a long time ago on his podcast say, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of everybody who gets hired for that position is getting hired to get fired from it, right? So you're mm. there until your usefulness wears out, you know? Um, and Vince McMahon has guys who's been working in WWE for decades, right? But he's also had guys who, who were working in WWE for decades. And when it was time for them to go, i.e. the Brooklyn Brawler, um, i.e. <laughs> the Hebners, it was time for them to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um you can't really predict these things. I th- I think as the wrestling media, um, us being a part of it, we just kind of have to hold them accountable. I was um, a, a, a friend of mine who does um, a, a news show, not wrestling news, but an actual news show, wanted me to be a guest on his show um, to talk about this. And I'm, my whole thing is I'll, go on your show and talk about it. If you want to talk about it in a serious way, I'm not going to, you know, go on uh, these media shows to, so you can edit my, my shit to, you know, fit some kind of narrative of, if you want to talk crap about um, wrestling and stuff like that, because this, I mean, this is just, this is how wrestlers escape things. Cause one of the things that wrestlers do is they, they call legitimate wrestling publications dirt sheets, right? That's and and when you call them dirt sheets, what you're doing is you're eliminating the legitimacy of the stuff that you know Sean Rossap covers, that Dave Meltzer covers, that Wade Keller covers, and these and and I've had my beef with um, beefs with Wade Keller and Dave Meltzer. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I would never say they're not legitimate in their craft and their, and I would never try to imply that they're not good at what they do, but what Vince McMahon is so good at is since the mainstream world does not care about wrestling, he's able to shape a narrative in such a way that people believe him when they tell him stuff, they don't know about the world of wrestling journalists. They don't know about what Andrew Thompson does for a living. They don't know about what Martin Bushby does. They don't know about me and my writing with WrestleNomics and stuff. They just, this man just regurgitates whatever he wants to regurgitate to him. And he can kind of be like, oh yeah, we work with Make-A-Wish and we do this and we do that. And you know, just just act like and it's a, a wrestler does something that gets themselves fired. Oh, this is against what we believe in and stuff like that. You know, with their whole culture is is this kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, and then, when, and then when, it, when it is the media talking bad about them, it becomes this. Oh, well, it's us versus them. You know, it's just the media. They're full of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the master of this duality, right? Because mm. when it's convenient for them, they are, um, oh, we are uh, wrestling and we should be taken seriously and the media is against us and all this other stuff. But when it's in his favor, he could be like, oh, I'm just Vince McMahon and, you know, all all the stuff we do is entertainment and blah, blah, blah. It's, 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 it's a really interesting dynamic that 
we are sitting here talking about right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, so, yeah. sort of moving away from that real quick, man. Uh, June 13th was the one-year anniversary of the of the NWA podcast, man. Uh, of course, that, that involves yourself, uh, Nate Milton, uh, and, and, and me, and we have a, a series of guests uh, coming on from time to time, or it was just the three of us. How, how much fun has it been for you, Chris? uh to to do this podcast man uh it's, it's always exciting for me to hop on with you guys and have the you know the serious debates as well um and you know also with, mixed in with the laughs man and us joking around and stuff like that but i also enjoy the conversations as well one one full year to nwa man already yeah so so this is the thing me and date were doing this on our own for like um yeah. two years or so and then pollock uh in way asked us if we would like to come on their platform to do the show. Um, and it's been interesting. And to be honest with you, I've talked to Nate about this. Um, I wasn't really like 100% keen on going to a mainstream outlet because of the internet trolls that I deal with, but it's been fun, man. It's been, it's been great and able to build a community meeting guys like Eric, um, being able to meet guys like uh, Jeremy, Steven Jensen, people that that aren't necessarily in this post-wrestling bubble, but outside of it, it's just been great, man. And um, yeah, man, it, and, and being on, on this show, talking to you guys, having friends all over the effing world right now. What yeah, time is it right. where you're at right now, uh, Bushby? Uh, it's 10 to 11, but yeah, I couldn't agree any with you more. That's been great, obviously, you know. Um, yeah. You know, me and Andrew hooked up, and then, you know, obviously I've, I've done shows with you and Nate from that, and then, you know, just everything just rolls into another, and it just seems we've built up sort of like this great community of people and just making, like say, like friends around the world. Yeah, it's like, and, that, and, that, and, that, and, and, and that's the thing that the mainstream media doesn't care about. We are a strong network, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, my man, um, Righteous Reg, just had um, car issues and just the way the uh, the wrestling community turned out to help this brother out so he could get his car back and stuff like that. This is the kind of um, stuff that, um, that it, it's, it's almost like, you know, just kind of, having to always explain yourself if you're a wrestling fan you know what i'm saying it's like you don't people don't understand this this side of it the brotherhood and the sisterhood that's a part of what we do for a living and uh just the interactions that we have with people the fact that i could be almost anywhere in the world and if i'm like stranded somewhere or whatever I, I know somebody in this field mm -hmm. like, yo, man, yeah. can, can you help me out? And I'm almost 100% sure they would, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what's well, going <laughs> Hey, yes. hey, hey, Chris. So, so, so Chris, sort of getting into uh, WWE's on-screen product, like with all the injuries, man, to the uh, like most of their main players, um, and, and you know, people being out and stuff like that. Do you think that WWE is starting to feel the sort of effects of releasing all those people? Like now, you don't have really those backups. Like you don't have a a Keith Lee that you can slide into that main event position. You don't have a, a this yeah. person or that person. Do you think they're starting to feel the effects of that now? This is a weird, twisted irony, right? It's like, it's like, because AEW is going through the exact yeah, same issues. They're going through the, the same thing. Too. Yeah. But the, the, the way they've stockpiled wrestling talent and the way WWE just kind of let people go, 
AEW can kind of look at WWE at the moment and be like, ah, ha, ha, how you like me now? You know what I'm saying? Because they've got a ton of talent they could pull from. And WWE really does not. And I, um, and yeah, like you were saying, Andrew, I this is this is just a weird time to be a wrestling fan at the moment. I don't know what WWE. I don't under the, the one of the things I hate about NXT 2.0 besides it being a garbage show um, <laughs> is that um, is that I don't understand why it exists. I really do not. And, and P- Pollock can explain this to me a thousand times in a row. Um, I, I, got, I got a PhD. Um, it's not that hard for me to grasp concepts and stuff. But I just don't like understand why you put all these men and women on TV who obviously are just I just don't understand the business sense that it makes to just have these guys. And every once in a while, you get someone like a Braun Breaker or um, a Wes, a Wesley or someone like that who's really, really good. But then you have to, you know, to find these diamonds in the rough you have to swift to a lot through a lot of talent that just ain't great at the moment. And I don't know how long these people plan on being here. And then um, I was talking to um, a friend of mine before we got on this podcast and he was saying, um, well, Triple H is coming back, um, but that doesn't mean anything because he's not going to be running the show. And I'm like, look, if Triple H is back and all he's doing is eating grilled cheese sandwiches backstage, it's 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 better than whatever the hell is going on now, man. I I I I, I uh, Martin. I've, I've explained this to uh, Andrew before on the on the on our show, but I used to complain about NXT in 2020. I feel so horrible that I did that, like. I, I was like, yeah, NXT in 20, yeah, this this stuff isn't good anymore. I don't like it. I, I'll watch it, but it's just not as good as AEW. This was in 2020. Fast forward to 2022, that version of me complaining about NXT needs to be kicked in the ass because, <laughs> because that NXT in 2020 was actually pretty good. And it was just, AEW was just so much like just more streamlined and it it looked like it was way better and it was better but it wasn't like AE it wasn't like NXT uh in 2020 was a horrible show it was still a good show it just but this NXT 2.0 it's like it's like complaining about Bush being the president and being like, man, it's never going to get worse than George W. Bush. Mm. And then Donald Trump becomes president. <laughs> That's how I kind of complain, compare these two uh, things, right? Yeah, that, well, That's hopefully fair. you don't get anybody as bad as worse than Donald Trump. Hey, man, it can <laughs> always be worse. That's one lesson <laughs> that I've learned in life. It can always get worse. Don't, 
don't ever say it can't get worse because it can get worse and sometimes it does get worse yeah but what's not been bad is been having you on the show chris oh, you're man. always brilliant yeah. one in a million. <laughs> i was literally just uh texting andrew now saying should we just let chris go for another hour thank you so much yeah I, I love talking to you guys uh martin i, I want to I, I know you got other obligations, but I want you around, dude. I mean, I, I think that, you know, your your voice is very important. Um, Andrew, I, I'm looking forward to us doing our first um, live, tape to live show. And then we're going to yeah, live, go live. Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're testing this out, man. And um, I'm just, you know, we're just, just trying to find where we fit in this fast wrestling media podcasting space, but, 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 but Bushby, you've been great, man. And, um, I just, just come back. Don't, don't stay gone for long. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. No, appreciate cheers, you Chris. Thank you. Chris. Thank you for the kind words. Really appreciate uh-huh. it, mate. You, you guys on NWA pod, I cannot, I always, um, so I can drive, but they have like, um, a hospital bus that goes from hospital to hospital. So I get that one. Yeah, and oh my yeah. God. I cannot listen to that podcast on the bus because I end up sort of like just, you know, and you're shaking with laughter and everyone's like, look at this weirdo, especially when Nate Millen's coming on with the, uh, Co- what is it, Cody Devonte Hakeem Rose. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so funny because I'll, I'll go back and listen to this. I'll be like, man, I wasn't really good on that episode. This, this, I, I did a horrible job. And then I'll get a bunch of people on Twitter just responding oh you guys were great you were talking about this and you were talking about that and I was, I'm, I'm just always floored by that i'm like my my goodness because i was like i've sometimes think oh am i gonna get canceled or are people gonna understand my point of view or are they gonna think right. me, and, me and nate don't like each other or me and andrew don't like each other and stuff and then people always come back and they're just like Oh, that show was great, man. I, I get it all the time, dude. And it's just great. I had a student um, wow. enroll in my political science class because they heard me on the NWA podcast. Wow. That's how nuts this shit is. That's, that's amazing. Crazy. My favorite that's episode, crazy. I think, was when it was you three guys and then Rich Fan and you were doing the cookout thing, and that was, oh my God, <laughs> was actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, oh, yeah, we goodness, have a good man. time. Yeah, we'll have I say, Mar, you mentioned Rich Fan. He's going to be joining us uh, this Saturday. Uh, that we're going to be recording oh, the he's first a good guy, live yeah. to tape. Yeah, Rich, good dude, man. I'm excited to have him on the show. Busy, he's one of the busiest men in podcasting, but always, always brilliant. Um, I think last time he was on the show with uh, with me, the last show, yeah, he was um, he was doing the show with me and building a workbench in his uh, in his basement at the same Jeez. time. <laughs> he was like, If you hear any rattling, it's just me. I've got a I've got a new workbench, I'm gonna put this together and uh, talk to you at the same time. I was like, Man, fucking hell, there's no way I could do that, but yeah, Chris, anyway, thank you so much, mate. Look forward to uh, many many more hours of, of audio from you and the great articles and uh, and all that good stuff and of course you'll be joining me and benno for the uh 24 hour charity stream yep. as well as andrew but yeah chris thank you so much for uh, joining us for this last episode all right thanks bro appreciate it peace chris thank you so much to chris 
uh, for coming on there. Oh, what a guy. What a, what a guy. One in a Chris, million. Absolutely brilliant. Chris is hilarious, man. Hilarious. <laughs> so, legit one of the funniest people. He talking about Triple H could be eaten. But what do you say? Grilled cheese in the back. <laughs> <laughs> what an image. Someone's got to make out of on Photoshop. No, that's, uh, that's hilarious. But um, obviously, you know, we couldn't get everyone on, you know, who was a past guest on this. I know obviously we tried to, uh, to get Nate Milton on. You know, obviously he was, uh, you know, great on the first episode that we ever yeah. did. But obviously, you know, with his work schedule and obviously the time difference and that, sadly we couldn't get him on. And had, had a, everyone else had to pop a rain when they... <laughs> Yeah, we had to pop a rain when they. <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely popped a rain for that first one, and then everyone else who was a guest on the show, you know, uh, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time. And obviously, Andrew, it's the last episode, and you know, when we started this thing, I knew you were one of the most talented people out there, and you just proved it oh, time and time man. again, mate. Brilliant, unique interviews you do on YouTube. The amazing, the most thorough news reports I have ever seen. You know, you just go from strength to strength. You know, it's been. It's been a total honor and pleasure to do this podcast with you, mate. I mean, I'm I'm good at its ending, but you know, you know, I feel like I made you know a, a lifelong friend. I can't thank you enough for everything. You know, don't forget the little people, mate. When you're in the studio, turning to Sky Pippin or T Mac for analysis on a playoff game, or you know, whatever you find yourself doing, I know, I know you're going to excel in it. But yeah, I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to you, mate. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a great ride, and you know, I can't thank you enough for you know all the the time and effort and just you know making a making a friend here i, I see how am i supposed i see i should have went first how am i supposed to talk <laughs> I, I, I knew i should have went first i knew i should have went <laughs> you know what real quick before before i get to that because i do have a lot of great things to say about you you did mention some of the people that uh that weren't coming to the show but just run it down real quick man shout out to nate ridge and benno uh so now chad and chris uh neil Omar, uh, John Lister, of course, who joined us for the Rise and Fall of ECW. Uh, shout out to Andy Quill, Dan Rare Pro owner, who joined oh, us for that episode. Yeah. A- a- Andy Q joined us, man. Chinyere, uh, Chris Jeter joined us for a show, man. Eric Marcotte, uh, and of course, Rich Fan, who joined us for the la- uh, episode 20 of the Rare Pro and JPW uh, Global Wars Tour Night. So I wasn't able to make that, but Rich definitely stepped in and did an absolutely excellent job, man. Like thinking about some of the episodes we recorded, we did some. We 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 did we got like a nice portfolio of work, man. I'm very proud of the work we did. But Martin, like you said, bro, I was not expecting to like you'd have told me about five, six, seven years ago before I even got arrested media that <laughs> one of my probably one of my closest people that I uh got to know would, 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 would end up being living in, in Sheffield, England. I would have told you uh, a <laughs> damn lie. Never expected that to happen. But no, nah, bro, me and you have gotten very cool. Uh I definitely consider you a lifelong friend. Um, it's been absolutely awesome doing these podcasts with you like you all you are like the most prepared and precise individual that i know that when it comes to this stuff like even on days when i got caught up in you know doing some interview stuff or whatever like that martin this dude i'm talking about he would always try to set me up to say the set me up in a positive way to say the right thing or lead me in a direction where i could expand on the topic even if i wasn't able to catch the full thing that we were reviewing like just total pro and then on top of that i want to say one of the nicest people one of the like most supportive people like whenever i got something going on martin's always you know sharing it and liking it and all that type of stuff like the dude's just excellent person i'm pretty sure i'm not the only person that would say that i'm pretty sure benno and and, and jp and and jamesy and everybody else would pretty much say that everybody here at the post network we definitely love you bro um you, you know I, I but when we first did this podcast like i remember the first episode like after i remember after we finished we wrapped up uh Mr. Mr. Rating himself, Papa Papa Rating with uh with, with Nate Milton. I remember after we finished recording that episode, I text Martin. I sent him a message on Twitter. I was like, 
this this is about to be a good time because I could just mm-hmm. tell right off the bat that the chem- the chemistry was crazy, man. Like I said, um, on, on top of the the work stuff that you do, bro, you are truly a, a friend of mine. Like, and I'm honestly glad that you reached out um about you know the, the the idea of doing this podcast, and I'm glad we went into it together and you know sort of pitched some ideas and you know sort of messed around with it and I, and actually made it happen, man. But not I, I'm. I'm so glad this has been a part of my past two years. The first episode I'm looking at it now was September 24th, 2020. Um, wow. I can't believe it's been almost two and a half years, almost uh, two years um, for the podcast, man. But yeah, this has been great. Um, like I, I, I feel like I feel like I'm repeating myself, but like, dude, you are like one of the best people out there, bro. So I definitely appreciate all your support. And I, and, and 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 we and Mars still want to talk all the time. But we be sending each other, oh, like, yeah, definitely. Ass, yeah, we be sending each other like stupid ass videos on Twitter all the time yeah. and shit like that. So that, <laughs> that, that so that that, that that that's not gonna stop. But yeah, man, definitely yeah. appreciate you uh for for all your support and for just being a friend in general, man. And even and even on times like uh when, when I whenever I need somebody to like talk to or whatever like that, Martin's always there. Clack, I'm talking about grade A, class A type dude, man. So yeah. I'm very excited the podcast is ending, but you know what? Well, we had a absolutely excellent run. So yeah, we shout did. out to you, Martin Bushby. We Salute to you, my brother. Right back at you, mate. Yeah, the one thing that's been about this podcast, it's been loads of fun. And you know, you've been absolutely brilliant. And yeah, just uh just sad to see it end. But um obviously you gotta shout out John and Way as well for giving us the platform and you know, supporting yeah, us for everything, you know, putting the t-shirt out, way that was all way, and then you know. Just letting us do what we wanted to do with this and like i said before thanks to every guest that came on to all the listeners you know if you're one of our big supporters like dickie bird or even if you just listen for five minutes you know thank you shout very much yeah my, my real quick I forgot to shout out sp3 who was on the roh final yeah. battle show with us got to shout out SP3. how could we forget what a guy sp3 and what a guy right there man obviously me and benno have got the 24-hour stream coming up which andrew you're going to be on so it's not over yet for our uh, yep. <laughs> our podcasting journey as well as a whole host of other guests that's going to be on 16th slash 17th of july 12 till 12 uk time so uh yeah thank you to everyone for listening and uh yeah that's it so oh, last time <laughs> last time signing off mate oh we're getting a bit emotional now but uh <laughs> yep uh, you can hear andrew Please. on the nwa podcast i say and, and uh we, we like you said we got the uh 24 hour stream coming up I am yep. very excited to, re- to to be rejoining. But yeah, I'm sad too, man. This is this has been like one of the funnest podcasts. Like, no, hands yep. down. A- a- every time I got to do it, it was like a legit always a good time. Uh I always enjoyed the shows we took. I think we had a good pile of the shows. I, I honestly, I like one of my favorites that we did was probably that uh I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. The, 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 the one that makes me laugh the most is that one we did uh with, with Reg and Benno. Like that 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 shit was so funny, man. I I will, I will never forget that podcast. Eddie, like, Eddie Edwards and his cornrows. Yeah, everybody had. It. Oh my goodness, bro, that that was hilarious, dude. I will never forget <laughs> that. But like, man, I, I think I think everybody played like such a pivotal role when, when mm. they came on as a guest. Like even um, like we pre like Eric, th- three time guest. Eric always oh, stepped Eric's in, man. Always he, great, isn't he? Yeah, he he stepped in great when we needed him, man. And I I greatly appreciate um. Uh, both both so now uh so now and uh Chingiere for stepping in man um they they were absolutely excellent on the podcast that they did so, man so now she's like one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to new japan pro wrestling and wrestling mm-hmm. in general so it was great to talk to her and Chingiere, man she's doing excellent things right now even outside the world of wrestling so that was great and shout out to neil as well um and of course omar mr sarcasm oh, himself yeah. uh, for, for joining for joining the podcast and, and, and of course i i want to mention uh John Lister, man, because I actually learned a lot from him doing that podcast. Like, mm-hmm. I really, and, and and actually, that was one 
where I didn't get the chance to catch the full documentary. And this dude, Martin, provided me like with certain notes and stuff like that and certain like asked me certain questions that I could like really elaborate on. Mm. So like it seemed like I know what the fuck I was talking about doing that podcast if you listen to it, but <laughs> I really did. But because it, it was just Martin setting me up. I'm telling you, this dude is like grade A at it. And man, uh I'm looking at other guests like no, you 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 know matter of fact, you wanna know about funniest the funniest moment that we did was when we read that letter from Chris Jericho. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> when, he was, when he was upset that people was critiquing his match for RBD, we did that. We we, we did that. Was that uh that, that that was the Royal? Was that the Royal Rumble episode two thousand two, or was that the King of the Ring episode we did? I mean, it was one of the two, weren't it? They were around the same time, weren't they? So it was uh, yeah. around the time when you were talking about that match with Jericho. Yeah, so it, it, it was one big, of those. Yeah, that, big rant on his website. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious, man. But like, as, as I'm, I'm, I'm like literally looking at the page right now, and it's crazy how much, like, how much stuff we got done and how much content is in here. So yeah, I, such I a huge diversity of guests and different people yes. and stuff like that. And I feel really, yes. and that beyond the mat one, you know, beyond the mat's been done to death. But I feel like Andy Q fetched a different dynamic to it. You know, yeah. I mean, he had some interesting stories about, you know, what was it. He was in a room with like, you know, he was rooming with like Adam Cole and, you know, uh, El Generico <laughs> and everybody. And, and they just got so pissed off with him, quoting Beyond the Matter and all the time and stuff like that. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm looking at like all the episodes we did right now. This is like a great body of work, bro. Like I'm, I'm like legitimately proud of this. Like this is crazy. Yeah, definitely. And like I, I, I legitimately can't believe that first episode recorded was September 2020, which feels like oh, a yeah. fucking lifetime ago. Oh, yeah, I man, know. we got, but man, we got 21 episodes in total. I am absolutely thrilled with all the work that we did, even even the ones like, and I, I definitely want to shout you out because uh, even the ones that I missed, man, you did like absolutely excellent with the guests, man. And I, I know it's always it always can be easier having like a a wingman right there, having somebody mm. right there to sort of pitch off of that's not the guest but man even when those episodes like those i think one or three episodes where i couldn't make it man you absolutely like fucking smashed it so yeah so did you with that one with jeremy as well mate it was it was brilliant that one where i had to skip out on my birthday you and jeremy were brilliant on that but um but uh, yeah like you say fantastic body of work you know really really proud of all the stuff we put out and like i said it was just um, a lot of fun recording them all but um as for you know we gotta gotta get the uh, plugs in at the end here, Andrew. Um, the YouTube channel. I mean, you finally got. I mean, Chris Brooks. I've heard <laughs> so many people that you know he skipped out on interviews, but now he uh, he didn't skip out on Andrew Thompson. You know, you got him to sit down and even end up um, having on Botch- Botchamania. <laughs> I I I, I told the uh, Chris Elliott for actually tagging me in that man. I ended up on Botchamania from that interview uh, when he talked about the Marquito story. But yeah, shout out to uh. Shout out to Chris Brooks, man. It was I very much appreciate him, you know, taking the time to do that interview with me. And I actually got an interview coming out very soon, Martin. I'm gonna be uh, interviewing Leo Rush, so I'm excited. Wow. That. So, so, so yeah, it's it's gonna be cool, man. But yeah, de- definitely, uh, like, like, and and all the interviews I do, this dude Martin is like one of the most supportive people. Like, dude comes out and like hits me up, be like, man, I'm about to take an interview. Like, I'm gonna take a listen to the interview when I get a chance, and they hit me up like a couple hours later or something on the next day, and be like great interview la, 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 and like now the stuff they like telling y'all great a dude i'm telling you on this on this 24 hour show that him and Beto knowing i'm telling i'm gonna sneak my way in at least twice two two more times <laughs> after my initial appearance and, and, and try to try to weasel them back into the uh the btwa pod but now nah, man 21 great episodes like yeah so yeah shout out that shout out to every single guest that has come on the show and shout out to everybody that has ever listened 
bought a damn t-shirt, whatever it was. We we me and Martin greatly appreciate uh, every single last one of y'all. Yep. I think I, I don't know. I can't think any way to say better than that. But Andrew Thompson, thank you so much, mate. And um, we'll catch everyone on the 24 hour show.